Nachum Single Network and our live broadcast from the Nefesh Benefesh Mega Event is coming up next. I want to remind everybody that B'nai Akiva of the United States and Canada have united with fellow chapters, Snifim, throughout the world to raise a goal of $660,000 in a charity giving day. The giving back is part of a wider global initiative to collectively raise $2 million in only 24 hours from B'nai Akiva North America, B'nai Akiva International. The campaign is going on now. It literally is starting as we speak. The campaign starts now, 12 noon Eastern Time Sunday, and goes until 12 noon Eastern Time tomorrow on Monday. B'nai Akiva is the oldest and largest Zionist youth organization, the only religious Zionist youth organization in the world. Built upon a foundation of Torah Vavodah, B'nai Akiva grows the next generation of leaders, activists, and advocates for religious Zionism. Programs begin as early as second grade and incorporate day camps, immersive six-week summer experiences in Israel, midrashot, and college-level programs. Inspired by a love for the land of Israel and its people, B'nai Akiva inculcates a sense of responsibility for the future of the Jewish nation. Each donation will be separately matched three ways for local North American and international chapters totaling a quadrupled impact for B'nai Akiva. For your chance to give back and be part of this, you can start them off right now as the campaign has begun by going to charity.com slash B-A-N-A for B'nai Akiva North America. Charity, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash B-A-N-A. We are coming up next live from the Nefesh Benefesh mega event in New York City. You are listening to the Nachum Siegel Network.
Malcolm Single Network. We are live from one of our favorite places, the uh, Nefesh Benefesh Mega Event. It's called the Mega Event because it's it's large, it's big, it's gigantic, it's mega, and it's at a brand new location this year. We're at John Jay College on the uh, west side of Manhattan, uh, an even bigger, better, more robust and incredible uh, venue. <laughs> With uh, even more people coming to uh, get information about making Aliyah, moving to Israel, and having a part in the Jewish future. And uh, let's get our checklist done. Are we, are we fine? Are we, uh, we're, we're, we're being heard at NahumSingle.com and on the app and on our phone and everywhere else. And we're being seen on the website right now, ZK. Thank you. If you go to NahumSingle.com right now, you can actually see all the proceedings. And you'll be able to watch all the proceedings of this upcoming week. Because you think we're limiting this to just one three-hour session on a Sunday? Absolutely not. We have a very, very big week planned with Nefesh Benefesh. And all of the proceedings that we're going to be, uh, uh, that we're going to be undertaking with Nefesh Benefesh this week, you'll be able to watch on our homepage at NahumSiegel.com. It is with great pleasure as we kick off our broadcast from uh, John Jay College at the Mega Event for the, uh, I don't know what number time, but thank God for the uh, many, many Many, many times before and hopefully many times in the future, the co-founder and the executive director, the man in charge of Nefesh Benefesh, Rabbi Josh Fass, is with us, everybody. A nice 
round of applause. Look at Dude, look how look at this. look how enthusiastic <laughs> my staff is. Look how enthusiastic my staff is when you're introduced. I don't get greetings like that, Rabbi Fess. I'll let you know from my own staff. It's a they beautiful look, thing. Look at them with smiles on their face. They know. They know that you represent the future of the Jewish people. That brings a collective smile to the face of the Jewish people everywhere. Welcome to the show. Thank you for welcoming us here. Thank you so much for coming. Welcome, welcome back to New York. Uh, right. You know, one of the hubs of Aliyah. There are a lot of hubs of Aliyah in this country, I must say. It's the biggest hub. A lot of places in North. There's some cities that might argue with you. I don't know. I mean, you know the statistics. I can't argue with you. But some, but some, you know, anecdotally might argue and you say, hey, Rabbi Fass, you know what's going on here in L.A. and Chicago and Detroit and Florida? And, and then I'll say you're number two or three or five. At different places <laughs> in New Jersey. I've heard communities in New Jersey. Have emptied are, out. Are flo- well, I wouldn't say that, but they're, they're flocking to Israel compared to other places. Uh, but you would still say New York is the capital of Aliyah in North New York, America. New Jersey. New York and New Jersey. I'll give it to you, New Jersey. The greater New York area. We'll put it that yeah. way. So here we are. And... Um, it seems, from, the, from, uh, from what I've seen already here, that uh, people are quite happy with the new venue. Yes. A lot of space, a lot of opportunity to uh, sit in different seminars, get information, and really start making a plan. After all, that's what it's all about. Yep. If you can't make Aliyah today, at least have a plan. Have something in the works. And you've seen people have something in the works uh, tens of thousands of times at this point. Wishing you a very happy 15th anniversary. Thank you so on much. On Nefesh uh, As I said, it's a very big week for us. It's a little bit of a different mega event because normally, you know, we come to the mega event, we report, we interview people, we, we have some fun, we speak a lot about Israel, and then we go home. Then we leave. Uh, however, in this case, we're actually going to be uh, trailing you down to Florida for the uh, incredible 15th anniversary celebration tomorrow night. Uh, it's probably surreal for you to think that 15 years ago you and Tony were standing somewhere in or near the Boca Raton Synagogue. It's hard to comprehend. Yeah, and came up with this whole idea, which has been amazing. And then on top of that, we're going to be utilizing uh, some of the special guests that we're going to find both in Israel and the United States on Tuesday morning to pay tribute uh, to you and the organization after 15 years. And then Wednesday, listen to this, you'd think that would be it. On Wednesday, with the YU Yarche Kala in town down in uh, Boca Raton, we're going to be speaking with different rabbis from around North America who are going to tell us how their own communities uh, uh, deal with or celebrate Zionism and uh, a connection to Israel in both practical and in some ways spiritual form. Uh, so we're going to be doing that. So we, we have a whole host of... Th- we're going to be spending a lot of time By the together. time we get to Wednesday afternoon, you're never going to want to see Nachum Siegel again. Oh, please. <laughs> My job is by Wednesday night, you're coming back home with me. Oh, that, that, that would be quite a task, let me tell you. Uh, so, I said that, by the way, to Mark Rosenberg, because Mark and I are going to be uh, speaking to some of the youth down in Florida. Yeah, they're very excited about There's it. There's still some Jewish youth down in Florida. Not everybody has moved to Israel. Mm-hmm. There's still some Jewish youth, next generation down there. So we plan on, the, on speaking with them about Israel and, you know, different things that are going on these days. A lot of issues to discuss. A lot of things on the minds of Jewish youth in general, yep. especially vis-a-vis the future of the Jewish people. It's a scary world out there sometimes. I don't have to tell you that. You know that? It's yep. a little bit scary sometimes. So we're going to try to uh, speak with them and, and get a perspective of how they're uh, dealing with everything. All right, today is pretty remarkable. Um, I know that you had a record amount of registration. Today is sure awesome. Yeah, it is pretty today awesome. Today is huh? awesome. We had uh, we closed registration this morning at close to 1,700 people. 1,700? 1,700 people. That's <laughs> now counting the 90 kids who were babysitting and going to about 200 people. And it's just incredible. 
And uh, we had over 100 people that just came in off the street without registration. So if we can get to close to 2,000 people representing families, then that will be a 30%, 40% increase in past mega events, and we'll be extremely, extremely satisfied. I don't want to steal the thunder from some of the upcoming conversations, but there are people who've driven quite a ways to get here. They wanted to be part of this mega event, hundreds it, of miles to be it's here. It's incredible. We have some doctors who came in from California. Just to go Just through Just for the licensing process and to meet some of the hospitals and the clinics who are offering jobs and interviewing. We've had, I think, close to 165 physicians who came here today or are coming here today, and that just boggles the mind. Let's say that again. Um, and on top of that, you have people that uh, will be making Aliyah in the next few months. Correct. Who are here today, and others who may not be on a plane for another 10 years or so. But both of them, both of those categories of people, it's important for them to be here today. Yeah, and we've tried to vary the, the seminars as well. For those who want tachlis, immediate information and details and logistics of how to make Aliyah by the summer, and some who just need Aliyah confidence and moving them, inching them a little bit further down the line. I saw a family downstairs. I've seen them at every single mega for the last <laughs> few years. And they said we're you guys year, are here again? And they said we're at year 10 of our five-year plan of Aliyah. So I was like, okay, maybe this will be year 11. And now we don't it. feel so bad about no, being here every year. That's, I, I like that. Very cool. So it's, hard to, it's, it's a challenge for us to create the variety that people can come and people get something from the day. And, and, and we have really remarkable professionals who came in today. And hopefully that will give them a sense of information and confidence. And, and we, we're not going to color this with rose glasses. We want to give the real information to people so that they can really tackle the concept and see whether or not it's viable. I spoke about you over Shabbat. I spoke about you over Shabbat. Are you serious? I am Were you so also serious. the Angel of East Brunswick? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I spoke about... I'm very curious about what you said about me. But it was I'll, at a Shabbos table. So oh. <laughs> Didn't count for much. Huh? <laughs> it's okay. I'm Yotze. But I spoke about you over Shabbat because a, a part of my presentation Friday night at the Angel of East Brunswick was about Jewish heroism. And you snuck into that category of Jewish hero. How do you like that? A rejected personality. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I put you right in. Thank you. And, and, but some people question how I have the right to create a category of Jewish heroism, but that's a separate issue. But once it was established that I did have that right, uh, the list was pretty impressive, and you were on it. And I, I cited two things. And, I, and as I was driving here today, I'm saying to myself, these two points, with all the talk that we've had over the years, these two points are two points that I'm constantly going to make, and I'll probably make them forever as long as we converse about Aliyah and the Nefesh B'Nefesh role in all of this. Point number one, there were so many people who thought and felt that there was a, a specific number of people in North America who really would take to this idea of exploring Aliyah and eventually moving to Israel. And once that number was tapped out, we would see the organization having a hard time trying to attract others. A finite number, they figured 15 years ago, really would hop onto the Nefesh Benefesh bandwagon. It's been exactly the opposite in today's perfect testimony. Absolutely. That the momentum, the, the incredible uh, rush that uh, has been going through North American uh, jury to make the move and to explore it and to be here on a day like today, uh, so exactly the opposite has happened. You get Not to deflate the heroism, but I don't think it has anything to do with us. Really? Yeah, I think the Zionist conveyor belt of experiences is going to create a few thousand people every year, hopefully more, who are interested in making Aliyah. We're facilitating it. Yeah. We're making sure that there's still viability, but I wouldn't pinpoint us See, here's giving you the credit. Here's now where you and I need some type of 45-minute dialogue, maybe in fact in front of a shul or something. Because I could argue, based on modern Jewish history, 
because we've seen how Aliyah has petered out at times and the numbers really were, were reduced significantly. One could argue that my theory really holds water. And what you've been able to do is the exception. But why argue, Rabbi Fess? Why would why we sit here today and argue the point? So that's number one. Number two, the second thing I said at this presentation over Shabbat, when your name came up, was that it is remarkable to me how uh, you have, your organization, has created an umbrella over North America, an umbrella of Aliyah that has appealed to people of all backgrounds. We have this uh, tendency to think that Aliyah would only be attractive to a certain type of Jew or a certain type of ritual Jew or a certain type of Jew who only had a certain amount of Zionism in their upbringing, school, home, etc., etc. For some reason, you have been incredibly successful, thank God, in attracting people from 30, 40 states in the Union, from all over North America, and from every single background imaginable. People who are, who, where Zionism might be the extent of their religious experience, all the way, of course, to people who you know, are, are guided 100% by Jewish law every single day of their lives. And that's a very difficult thing to accomplish. And somehow, don't tell me it was by accident, somehow you were able to do it. It wasn't by accident. <laughs> and, we, and we take tremendous pride in that point. And one of the most emotional moments for me, and I think for the staff, is to walk through the group flights or the charter flights and to see the diversity represented throughout the old name. And it's a unifying concept. Uh, there's a common denominator that brings people together because they're sharing the commonality of experience, and I think it's incredible. And sadly, we don't have that many unifying points of connection. And uh, to have that in Aliyah is a bracha. It really is a blessing, and uh, we've tried to really cater to every single type of Jew and to say that you know, in the beginning, people say, oh, you're an Orthodox rabbi. How are you going to somehow be sensitive? We worked. Our staff has worked to say that you have an address by us. And if you want to have a dream, we will facilitate it right. no matter what. And I think over 15 years of honing that and finessing that message, I think it's gotten into the communities across the nominations. And we're very, very proud of that. By the way, when I bring this up tomorrow night in Boca, I'm going to do it in a much more dramatic fashion. So prepare yourself. I to will prepare myself. Right, to really like, like wow, <laughs> Nahum, I, I knew this was significant, but I never dreamt that will, it was that will, big of a deal. I will, I will prepare my... Uh, I mean, emotional response. I'll tell, up it. I'll up it for I'd tomorrow tell night. tell Tony as well. The level of enthusiasm. Let, let him be excited. It's, it's got to be off the charts. We will be off the it's charts. Be all the, when I make this point, you know, family members of mine said to me over the weekend, again, you're going to be speaking to Rabbi Fast this week multiple times. What are you going to talk exactly, about? Exactly. You've spoken to him about everything. I said, no, no, no. Well, these two points, and I specifically spoke to him about these two things. I said, these two points, we could talk about them forever. Correct. These two things are so significant, so important, and such an important part of modern Jewish history. I, also, I also hope that tomorrow night we touch upon some of behind-the-scenes concepts because people have followed Nefesh and followed our conversations for 15 years. And I think at our 15th anniversary, it will be really nice to not only reminisce, but also to hear some sides of the story that Tony and I have never really shared. And I think, and we hope, that you will coax that out of both of us. Behind the scenes, you're saying? Yeah, why not? Let, Write me, it down. let me jot that down. <laughs> Behind the scenes material tomorrow night. Okay. I'm going to try my best to get to some of that. I'm sure. We have confidence in you. And when you said behind the scenes, you meant specifically with you and Tony in conversation? Or no, you're talking about some of the organizational, organizational work, the stuff technical that, stuff. Not even technical. A lot of people don't know certain things that have occurred over the last 15 years. Right. and some crazy They might be surprised more. to find out after that session that the organization is still on solid ground. Oh, maybe. absolutely. Or that the two of us are still on solid ground. <laughs> but, uh, 
So we really have a lot to look forward to. And by the way, that is going to be seen by the entire world. Everyone can watch it. They're going to be able to see it on our website. They're going to be able to hear it. Thanks for digital. And it'll, correct. And it'll be uh, up there for posterity. People can watch it a week from now, a year from now, and see all the inside stuff awesome. about the first 15 years. You know, the 15th anniversary of IFAS comes around only once. You know that? I know. Oh. Only What's once. happening here? I don't know. It's a, I think a flight has just landed. Are we back in Ben Gurion? What is I going think a on? flight has just landed. It's, it sounds like one of those great celebrations in the hangar at the airport. Are you doing this to give us the feel? No, that we, not at all. That we, that we remember from all those great... I'll save the real thing. From all those great summers when we would... No, this is because the campus didn't allow us to have pumped that pipe music to the different halls. So, so you got to said, guys... We need to have some atmospherics. Let's get some acapella guys to go uh, to you'll, Rome. You'll beat every... Reg- you've beaten every government regulation. You'll beat every campus. University campus regulation. Exactly. That's it. I mean, come on, you can't stop us. When no you matter see a what. bureaucratic obstacle, you just hop over. Because there are obstacles when it comes to Aliyah. There are obstacles. You face. You face many yes. hurdles. That would be a good conversation. Wait, just a moment. Jot it down. That would be a good conversation <laughs> for tomorrow night. The hurdles that you faced in order to get this whole thing off the ground. Yeah. Airplanes just don't go off the ground automatically. They do you know. not just take off. <sighs> anyway, Rabbi Fast, what an honor. It's this, awesome. This is. We've always had fun. Speaking about the future of the Jewish people, this is going to be a unique week for us. I'm really looking forward Me to too. it. And thank you for having us here today. Pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Rabbi Josh Fass, everybody. ZK, time to applaud. Rabbi Josh Fass. <laughs> yes, the enthusiastic response of our chief engineer. Uh, and here we are at the mega event in, a, um, in an Aliyah frenzy that you could feel everywhere. It's palpable in this room. Throughout the entire building, in fact. I'd say throughout the entire campus. I think this entire half of Manhattan is feeling it. Uh, there's also a website, by the way. It's called nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. And if all of this conversation has spurred you into thinking and dreaming a little bit more about moving to Israel at some point with your family, then you can go ahead and, uh, and go to that website and start your application process. A lot of wonderful staff members in the Nefesh Benefesh headquarters who are ready to help you along. And make it a reality. Um, I believe uh, Yardena Copel is it? Yes. Yardena Copel is here. Uh, Yardena Copel is an Ola with Nefesh Benefesh in 2015. She is here to meet with potential physician Olim and counsel them how to navigate the medical licensing process and ensure more of a smooth transition as a young doctor to Israel. She was at Hadassah. Fellowship, or did a Hadassah fellowship, I guess that means? I a year at Hadassah, and I will be starting my fellowship next month at Schneider. And that's at the Schneider Hospital in the Pediatric Emergency Room. Yeah. My gosh, congratulations Thank to you. you. What an accomplishment. Bring that a little Thank closer you. to you. Sure. Shalom, shalom. Where are you living yeah. in Israel? We live in Katamon, in Jerusalem. I've heard of that. You've heard of it. Nice area. Very um, nice. What have been the, uh, give me a, look, I, I only know a limited amount about medicine, physician licensing, etc. Very limited, in fact. Uh, tell us what things were like when a physician wanted to go and work in Israel from a place like the United States and what you're trying to do ma- to make it easier. Um, well, I would say um, the first thing is not to get overwhelmed by paperwork. And somebody just asked me about that right now, and I said, just start a year before. It, it's true. You need to start a year before, and Nefesh Benefesh was very helpful with that. Uh, by bic- bringing Dr. Shannon from the Ministry of Health to help with that. Um, and then once you get to Israel, you can really hit the ground running. So that's one thing which I think is less important, but you need to get it out of the way. Right. And the, the other thing is getting culturally acclimated to being a doctor in Israel. 
And a lot of people get kind of upset when they hear they've been seasoned doctors for a while and they have to do three months or six months of what's called histaklut, which is just observership. When I finished residency, they asked me to do a year. And I was a little upset at the beginning. And I ended up doing a year at Hadassah as a resident again after I'd finished residency here. And I'd have to say one of the best years of my training. It was definitely one of the best years of my training, and it helped me pick what fellowship I was going to do in the end. So you walked in with an open mind. You have to have an open knowing mind. Knowing that you're going to explore a new horizon yes. and accepting that. Yes, definitely. You have to have an open mind. <laughs> uh, are there people who are licensed physicians here who will never become licensed physicians in Israel? I'm, all, I'm under the impression for some reason that there are roadblocks, hurdles, maybe a requirement to make Aliyah or other requirements that stop doctors or, or hold them back from actually establishing positions in Israel. Is that true? Harder to come and pick a city and expect to be a doctor there when you're a very seasoned specialist. So if you come and you say, well, I want to be the head of this department in this hospital, it, it just doesn't work that way. I think you have to be more flexible about where you're willing to live if you're coming later. If you're coming earlier, like I am, and you have a department that, that sees your work and feels like they invested in you and trained you, then maybe you could pick your path a little more. But if you're working in America for a really long time, it's kind of hard to come in and expect somebody to step aside for you. Dr. Yardena Coppell is here. Have you met uh, seasoned doctors here today? People oh, working yeah, I for just got here. Oh, you just got here. Will, will you see people who have been working I 10, will. 20 years, or likely you're going to see the bulk of those who are just graduates or, or, or doctors for a short period of time? I think what I have most to offer um, are the younger doctors, fresh out of fellowship, fresh out of residency, even maybe out of medical school, mm -hmm. who are looking to make Ali. I just spoke to uh, one now. Um, who will, will be doing a fellowship in Chicago, finish a GI fellowship already here, doing extra year, and already has a job lined up at Baylinson. And I think that's also important to explore where you're going to be working before you go and not just landing in Israel saying, I'm here, roll out the carpet for me. All right, what's going to be happening at Schneider? I'm sure you're looking mm -hmm. forward to that position, right? I am, yes. So I'm going to be doing a fellowship in pediatric emergency room. Which means you're there every day or? Um, like four days a week. I'll be doing shift work four days a week. Um, and it's two and a half years as opposed to here where it's three years. So that's definitely a plus. I spent an extra year doing training. But the fellowship is six months early. So pediatric so. ER is a specialty. Yes, How did you is. choose it? How did I choose it? When I was training at Cornell here, I was really dead set on NICU in neonatology, but I always had so much more fun in the emergency room. I just found it so much more fast-paced, so much more interesting, but I didn't know if that was only cultural. So I needed to go to Israel to see if I felt the same way there. <laughs> and it, it was true. The doctors in neonatology were the same temperament as American doctors here. And the doctors in the emergency room, I just click with so much better. And I just enjoy the pace so much more. Well, as so a father of uh, triplet preemies, wow. I can I I tell you that, uh, yeah, the doctors yes. and nurses and Cornell here, yes. different Cornell, of course, you know yes. what I mean, uh, were very, very... Uh, 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 what's the word? Level-headed, and we're very uh, had a very good approach, and they, yes. they knew that everything was going to take a long time. Yes, and they really you know held us by the hand and got us through the process. Yes, yes. So it's a lot slower the whole process, even though there are emergencies in the in the neonatology, sure. as you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just looking for a faster pace, 
and it, it's just fun. The emergency room is just fun. Different population altogether. Uh, are you going to continue to consult with people as you're in Israel? Like the Nefesh Nefesh might call you and say, you know, we need you to... They are free to. <laughs> <laughs> they are definitely free to. And I find that a lot of my doctor friends here... Um, also reach out to me and I live in Jerusalem part of the reason why I live there um, is because I feel like people come through all the time if I live elsewhere then people try and meet up with me and they can't but I've had tons of doctors come through that I might not have otherwise seen if I'd seen elsewhere to see how I live and just help them guide them as much as I can well a pleasure meeting you good you luck too. today thank you so much you really much. have an incredibly important job and that's thank to help people so in the medical profession transition so to Israel Dr. Ardena Coppell moved to Israel in 2015 she's going to be at Schneider uh, with a fellowship at Schneider Hospital and Pediatric ER and she is helping today uh, potential doctors in Israel uh, navigate the medical licensing uh, procedure and ensure a smooth as uh, transition as possible for the young doctors who are looking to move to Israel. And I should assume this is Yaniv Levy. You got it. There you go. Yaniv Levy is with us. He drove all the way from Columbus, Ohio. I spent, sh I spent Shabbat with a uh, rabbi who was in Columbus until this past September. Um, rabbi Unterman. Yeah. Yeah. He actually just moved out of Columbus. Yeah, he's so. now the rabbi in the young Israel of East Brunswick. Yeah, he's awesome. He's an awesome man. Yeah. We had a great time there uh, yesterday. And uh, we're having an awesome time here today. I hope you're enjoying the uh, background music. You know? Yeah, i got background music. We figured once Yaniv steps up to the microphone, we really should greet him with a, with a proper musical accompaniment. So uh, so that's why they're there, in your honor. Um, so you drove all the way. What is Columbus? 1,000 miles from here? Uh, 500? 560, all right. give or take. And you felt it was important to be here today. Why? Uh, it's a good way to meet new people that are making Aliyah, so to start building connections, also to get better information moving forward. Uh, just the face-to-face -face is a lot easier, as opposed to on the phone, plus with being at work, having to call people that are in Israel with a time difference. It's uh, difficult at the same time. Have you had a chance to go around this building yet today? Uh, yeah, I actually got in at 7.45 this morning, <laughs> and the event didn't open up till 10, so... I got in, took a little nap in the car, and got right out about 9 o'clock, started going around to the different tables so, so before anybody really got a chance. So it's nice to get face-to-face. -face so people. the question of the day is how helpful has it been? I mean, the information they're providing, how helpful is it to you? Uh, very, actually. Uh, a lot of things I've learned. So there's OPAN that is academic-based as opposed to just for people who are learning Hebrew. So I grew up with Hebrew in the house, so I'm relatively fluent, but when it comes to the academics and the technical terms, that's something I would probably need more help with, and so I learned that different universities offer that, so that was very helpful. Do you know anybody in Columbus who's moved to Israel? Uh, yes, actually one of the guys here, uh, forget his name, but he's actually a vendor here for uh, taxes. Originally from Columbus. Originally from Columbus. I met him, and then I just actually ran into one of my classmates' older brothers, Benjamin Epstein. He's there, so that was uh, cool to see. So you have a little bit of uh, an Aliyah atmosphere out there in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, yeah, one of my classmates is there. He's on the beach. He lives on the beach, so that's kind of cool. So, so what's, your see him. what's your plan? When do you think you'll be moving this summer? Or you don't know yet. Uh, hopefully first week of September, just depending on when the flights are for Nefesh for Nefesh comes out after Pesach, so once I get that, I'll be able to 
plan a little better, but first week, second week in September. And what do you think you'll be doing in Israel? Uh, I'm looking into the different master's programs, so either starting off in a technical ulpan or an academic ulpan, as they call it, and moving into either academics or just starting in a job or job and then academics at night, getting a master's. If this organization didn't exist, do you think you'd have this uh, desire or awareness that you could actually move at this age to Israel? And uh, it would make life, I think, a lot more difficult because you'd have to go through all the Israeli bureaucracy to get it all done. Uh, lucky for me, I'm actually an Israeli citizen already. That helps. So all I'd actually have to do is pay for my plane ticket. <laughs> so now I actually get a free flight. So that's kind of nice. <laughs> and otherwise, otherwise, uh, there's I mean, otherwise, all the benefits that they help you get and provide, and all the guidance and bringing all the vendors together is super helpful. Uh, the Facebook pages that are together are also really helpful because. Like, I found somebody in Denver, Colorado that's going to be on the same flight as me in JFK. How do you like so, that? So, that's kind of cool to see. What do your parents think of this idea? Uh, they didn't want me to move right after high school. So, I actually studied in Israel in a mechina up in the Golan, uh, mechina of Neitan. And I wanted to go right after I came back from that. They said, if I wanted to go, great, just do university first. So, in case, if you go to the army and get injured, you have something to fall back on. So I took their advice, and now I think I'm a little too old to go to the Army. But I still might. I don't know. I have to see. That has to be worked out, right? Yeah, I mean, I can. I'm coming with an engineering degree, so potentially be able to help them. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, and your classmates and colleagues in Columbus, do they think this is a crazy idea or not? Uh, one of them served in the IDF. Right. San uh, Hanim. He was actually in the last uh, war in Gaza. Uh, another one's living in Israel. And then we have a small class. We're only 10 people total. So <laughs> that's 30% of us have been in Israel. So Yeah, it was, it was described to me the size of your community and the schools, etc. Uh, I come. I graduate with a class of 10. Uh, guys, girls mix, 5 okay. and 5. And it's, it's a nice-sized community. You have religious, non-religious. Uh, sadly, no uh, kosher restaurants. And everybody's been looking forward to that, but it's hard to open one up there. But in general, it's a nice community. All right, it's good fun. news for you. When you move to Israel, there'll be plenty of kosher restaurants. Oh, I'm sure. That's for sure. Uh, Yaniv Levy, all the way from Columbus, Ohio. His next stop will be Ben Gurion Airport sometime this summer. Congratulations to you and Hatzlacharaba. Uh, thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. A pleasure to meet you. Uh, that's Yaniv, and he's here today um, to find out as much information as possible regarding Nefesh Benefesh and uh, heading to Israel at some point this summer. We're at the mega event, everybody. You know where the, uh, where the uh, website is. It's nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. You could use the opportunity to uh, start your application for Aliyah. It's a big week for us because not only are we here today at the mega event, but tomorrow night we're at the 15th anniversary celebration down at the Boca Raton Synagogue with Rafe Fass and with Tony Gelbart in an armchair conversation that I'll be moderating as we discuss the, 15, the first 15 years of Nefesh Benefesh. And then, of course, on Tuesday and Wednesday morning, JM the AM from Florida, we're going to have an opportunity to uh, speak more about the 15 years and the incredible work of Nefesh Benefesh. We'll go to this song, a song that I think I've played every single time we've been at the mega event, one of my favorites, and continue with more coming up if you keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Hey,
lips to sing your praise, my heart to feel the joy. Let me have the gift for which I'm yearning, another night in Israel. Desert flowers blooming in the spring, the grapes upon the vine. In the moonlight, let me fall in love in Israel.
Uh, you're listening to the Nahum Siegel Network. It's Sunday in New York City. You can watch everything we're doing here at NahumSiegel.com on the website. Go to the uh, homepage of NahumSiegel.com. You'll also hear everything on the website, on your web radio, by calling the phone number on the NSN app. Uh, any comments on the app, alert me, please. We'll uh, acknowledge those, of course, on the air and uh, continue with our broadcast from the Nefesh Benefesh Mega Event. John Rothhauser, is that the right pronunciation? Rothhauser. Rothhauser is with us uh, in our mobile studio here at the mega event. He is uh, described as a social entrepreneur and founder at Kahila, former uh, NBN Ole, or I should say, well, you'll always be an NBN Ole, mm-hmm. uh, who now lives in Tel Aviv. He's at the mega as a young professional in the high-tech community of Israel. Welcome to the show. And Thank I'm you. I'm told that high-tech community is uh, a pretty big community at this point, huh? Definitely. It's a very active community, uh, something I'm involved with uh, in the Tel Aviv area. Lots of uh, technology accelerators, meetup events, always uh, things going on. Um, for some reason, years ago, Tel Aviv was not mentioned that often when we talked about high tech. There were other areas of Israel that were always in the conversation. But was, was Tel Aviv always involved simply because of its uh, uh, attraction as a business location in Israel, and I would guess as a venture capital area as well? Yeah, uh, I can't speak so much to the history of, uh, you know, how Tel Aviv has grown to become this hub for technology, startups, and innovation. Um, you know, there are other areas nearby Tel Aviv, Herzliya, which have, right. and Ranana, which also have uh, reputations of housing a lot of startups and technology uh, centers. But uh, today, yeah, te- uh, Tel Aviv is a central part of that ecosystem in Israel. So what's your day like? It's a question, by the way, that I really never like when people ask me, but I'll ask you. What is your day like? You're, you're, you're meeting people in the business world that are attempting new things or, or bringing you know, other, uh, older concepts and renewing them. How does it work? What, what is it that you're looking at all day long? Yeah, um, it depends. It, every day is different. I think that's a pretty common thread for startups and entrepreneurs. Um, you, know, you do what needs doing at that time. It doesn't matter... If it's uh, you know Sunday, Tuesday at, at midnight, you know when something needs doing, you address it. Um, other than that, uh, I speak with a lot of people, um, people that I think can help my company uh, go to the next level, people who are interested in learning more. Um, I think that one of the most important things you can do as a founder of a of a company is just to talk with people who are interested to learn more. Um, and it always improves your idea. A lot of people think that they need to keep their startup idea a secret. Um, I say the opposite, that speaking about your idea, discussing it with others and getting feedback actually leads to a better product or company in the long run. All right, so give me an idea or, you know, some, some synopsis of an idea. I don't want anybody out there, you know, taking away ideas uh, that you've seen recently or heard recently that has struck your fancy. Um, not my own idea, not my company. Yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> Um, well, we operate in a business accelerator program, the 8200 social program run by um, alumni of Unit 8200 from the IDF. Um, so I sit with uh, nine other companies that are doing amazing things, mainly in the healthcare space. Uh, one, for example, my friend Uriel, he runs a company called Smart Air, and they're trying to be the glucometer for asthma patients. So you have a wearable device that monitors the air quality around you and it also understands what specific things trigger a um, asthmatic event for you personally and so it, in the future it can then alert you you are walking into a, an area with bad air quality 
for you, specific to you, and it can. And that system, that type of device, does not exist yet. <clears throat> as far as I understand, they are working on it. They're working on it. And it will be a personalized. What do you call it? Glucometer? Uh, like the glucometer for asthmatics. Right. Yeah. Specifically to that person. That yes. can be very helpful. Yep, definitely. And they set it like somebody would set any other machine that's specifically for their use? Uh, it, it learns right. for you. You don't right. have to set anything. It picks up your, your habits, so what's good for you, what's bad for you, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. I mean, there are other things that are comparable Uriel to that. Uriel will tell me after this. I didn't explain <laughs> right. it right I at all. But actually, without knowing anything about it, I think you did a good job. Okay. <laughs> because it tailors itself to that specific patient. Yeah. Simple as that. Yep. And that's something obviously can be used worldwide. Hence, another idea coming out of Israel that will benefit all of mankind. We can only hope. You've seen a lot of those, I would assume, right? Stuff that really doesn't just take off in Israel, but is meant and ends up being, uh, you know, uh, a technology that's used everywhere. Absolutely. I mean, that is uh, the enabling power of technology, that it's not uh, individualized for one person and therefore not scalable. It's the opposite. Technology is meant to help solutions scale. And so, yes, by uh, its almost definition, it's meant for others and definitely outside of Israel. Right. And I would guess in the medical field, uh, when trying to describe um, uh, Israeli ingenuity, that would be an area that they've been very good at. Right? Like th that and how to beat traffic around the world, right? Those are the two things that people always cite That's right. when it comes to Israeli ingenuity. I was just telling some friends yesterday how like three of the major car sharing services here in <laughs> New York are Israeli. Right. Um, but yeah, absolutely. The medical uh, technologies go on to benefit people far outside of Israel. Yeah. It's that car sharing, by the way, that uh, reduced the uh, number of riders in mass transit in New York for the first time since 2009. Can you imagine that? So we, know we owe the Israelis a debt of gratitude. Wow. The subways are not as crowded. Uh, and you're here today to present about all of this. There are people living in this country who want to move to Israel who would fit right into the model that you're describing here, correct? Sure. Um, you know, basically, there's a great ecosystem that exists, and I think that's what I'm here to share today, um, that for people interested in either the technology or startup space, or specifically social entrepreneurship, and you want to create solutions that benefit uh, mankind, um, it exists. There's a community there. There's resources for you to access. Um, and I'm here to share my story about how I did that. Phenomenal. Uh, where are you from originally? New Jersey. Where? P Princeton, New Jersey. Princeton, New Jersey. John Rothhauser. He is a social entrepreneur founder at Kehila in Israel and uh, now lives in Tel Aviv and is involved in all the great things you just heard about. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Kolakavo, John. Uh, more coming up. This is a, uh, a, a uh, Nahum Single Network special Sunday edition as we broadcast live from the Nefesh Nefesh mega event. You can watch everything we're doing at uh, NahumSiegel.com. You, um, you could also hear everything throughout all of our platforms. And remember, this is just the beginning of an incredible week for us uh, with Nefesh Benefesh. Really an incredible week. Tomorrow night we are together for the uh, amazing 15-year anniversary, cel anniversary celebration. That's going to be um, at the Boca Raton Synagogue tomorrow evening, starting at 7 p.m. Uh, then uh, Tuesday and Wednesday we'll broadcast JM and the AM from Boca with our friends from Nefesh Benefesh. Make sure to be tuned into all of the action. More coming up. You are listening to the Nahum Siegel Network.
All right, you're listening to the Nahum Single Network live from the mega event. We are with uh, Nefesh Benefesh. Uh, for us, it's an even more incredible week than usual. We're not leaving Nefesh Benefesh after the mega event. We're traveling down with them to Florida tomorrow, and we'll be part of the big 15th anniversary celebration tomorrow night down in Boca Raton, where the uh, organization actually began. Then on, uh, then on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, then on Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll... Uh, be doing JM in the AM 6 until 9 a.m. Eastern Time from the Boca Raton Synagogue and speaking to people from Israel and rabbinic leaders from around North America about the incredible organization. Rachel Berger is here. She is the director of Post Aliyah and Employment for Nefesh Ben Nefesh. She has been with us many, many times with the organization since the beginning or since very close to the beginning? One year later. For the last 14 years. Yes, Rachel gets a nice shout-out from her, from her posse that she's brought Thank along you. from Israel. My posse. These are loyal staff members or what? Very loyal staff <laughs> Very members. Loyal staff members. So you have to answer the question we always ask you. Can I get a job in Israel? That's the big question, yes. Rachel. People can yes. get jobs in Israel. Yes. They shouldn't be discouraged. They shouldn't be, they shouldn't be listening to their parents and grandparents who might be telling them there's no way you'll ever find myths, employment in myths. Israel. All myths. You are sent resumes constantly. You're sent job opening positions constantly. You're being sent information from Israel and from outside of Israel about jobs that people can do inside of Israel. A hundred percent. Today we have in our vendors outsourcing to Israel. I just spoke to them. They have done over 200 placements. They have positions from the United States that they place people in Israel working from their home. He told me they just opened up also a center by Binyanei Ha'uma, 15 programmers. And this stuff is just happening. It really is. We have 600 jobs on our job board right, right. now, openings. And we do placements every single month. Israel is not the same place that when we were kids, you know, you came and you were struggling. It just isn't. You come now and you can really find your place, your niche. We have so many Olim who have built businesses, who have started careers, who have really found their place here. Remember the old joke. You want to make half a fortune in Israel, bring a whole fortune, right? The whole thing. So I want to, I want to not only um, tell you that that joke doesn't work anymore. I have friends, friends Olim, who have come on Aliyah, who've made their fortunes in Israel. And you can, you're welcome to interview them on one of your shows. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite Olim, somebody I met in Canada a bunch of years ago, came to Israel, opened up one business, it was okay, then opened up another business in construction, and he has been featured by Nefesh Benefesh. One of his best lines is, Rachel, I made a lot of money in Canada. I'm making more money in Israel. Pretty amazing. Rachel it Berger is here, Director of post Aliyah Employment. Uh, we should mention that there is a, and, and I don't know if it's fair to say a concerted effort or it should be stronger and say it's a requirement, but the, the pre- and present Aliyah people in your organization would not allow, and again, give me the leeway to say that, would not allow a family to move to Israel without proper employment. Would that be an accurate way of saying it? We try to do employment preparation. I think it's really important. First of all, with the Internet, again, the world is a different place. You can find out the information that you need to know. Some people even land a job before they come, but you can really do a ton of research today. You can start right now. And we would like people to be prepared. The more prepared you are, the easier your aliyah is. Right. And also we should point out that 
There have been specific efforts in terms of north and south of Israel and other areas. Uh, you're doing the entire country. You have an opportunity yes. to find jobs for people all over the place, north, south, and everywhere in between. And people shouldn't think that they need to be near a hub of great commerce or a hub of a lot of activity in order to find a job. There are places all over the country that you're constantly hearing from. For sure, we have employment opportunities that come to us from all directions. But one thing I'd like to add is that some people think local and some people think global. Today, there are people who, whether you're setting up your own services, uh, whether you are working for your old company in the States. I met a guy who came to me. He does placements. He is a yeshivish guy from Lakewood. He finds connections and he does placements for people working for companies in the New York area. <laughs> That's very helpful. That's unbelievable. To say the it's least. It's really unbelievable. Um, the, the most incredible call you ever got was, I have 150 jobs that I need people for. I have 75 openings I need people for immediately. We get that all the time. You do I get that? Even, even numbers like that? Yeah, yeah, because we have uh, companies we work with like Strauss and Phillips and stuff like that. We get and long they want lists. people. Yeah, we got long, long lists. Yeah, right. the truth is that the I think the magic sauce is finding the right fit for people. In other words, you might have a lot of jobs, but people want the right job. Today, people want a career. They don't want to just show up. It's not a factory situ situation. It's a situation where people want jobs where they feel that they can develop and grow. And that's what we do. We help you build a career in Israel. You know, if one if our tradition tells us that getting somebody a job is really high in the list of things you could do for people, then you're really, uh, you got nothing to worry about in the next <laughs> world, you know what I mean? <laughs> one never knows. <laughs> You've placed a lot of people <laughs> in a lot of different places. We've been very privileged. Don't, been privilege. don't fear the employment issue, everybody. Don't fear it. Rachel Berger is here to take care of it for you. She'll guide you and her staff will guide you through the process. Uh, check it out by going to the website. You'll see, I assume there, the links and the different uh, pieces we of advice. We also have a job board, nbn.org.il slash job board, and you'll see all the jobs. Thank you, Rachel. Thank Good you. luck today. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of people looking for jobs and a lot of people looking for information about employment in Israel. Um, Rachel Berger, the NBN, Nefesh Benefesh Director of Post Aliyah and Employment. I am told that the Finkelsteins are here. I am told that the Finkelsteins are here. Didn't we just see each other recently? We just saw each other in Shul a couple of weeks ago. Ah, you bring back so many wonderful memories, Dr. Barry Finkelstein. You know each you? other a long time. Who's this young lady sitting this next to you? This is Tali. Hi. Tali, how old are you? I'm 12. You know you have amazing parents? Yes. You know that? I had no need to remind you. You already knew it. You must be very proud, Doc. We tell her all the time, so she's aware. <laughs> she's constantly reminded. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was being original. <laughs> you're inculcating her with that all the time. Uh, so you're here today. Why, Dr. Finkelstein? Well... Will I no longer be seeing you in Bergen County, New Jersey? Unfortunately, I, had, I wish I had better news to tell you. <laughs> I wish I could tell you that we were uh, on the next plane, but we're, uh, we're still in the planning stage. Well, you're in good shape because we've been told that we should give the same amount of uh, respect and, uh, and uh, kudos to people who are just you know, in the process of Aliyah, just like those who might be flying this summer. So you're in the right crowd. You're well, in the right we place. have a lot of relatives. My, uh, my in-laws live in Israel, and we have uh, my sister, and I have... Uh, and I have 
sister-in-laws and brother-in-laws who uh, who live in Israel, and we wish we were part of them. Hey, somebody's got to so. be the last to go, you know what I mean? Exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's complicated. It's complicated. It's not simple. Yeah, life's not always simple. Yeah. Uh, so you have no idea at this point how long this will be. It'll be months or years, but you're here just to... Just to you know, get your feet wet and see what it's all about. Well, we like we like to joke that we are in the uh, that we are in the tenth year of our five year plan. Right. Oh, you're the one so they were quoting. Right, we're here, <laughs> we're here uh, just about every time Nefesh Benefesh does an event. <laughs> all right, well, we wish you the best of luck, of course. Tali, what do you think of all this? Um, I think that Israel is where we really want to be, and I'm thinking, well, if our cousins can do it, why can't we? Hmm. Boy, oh boy, you better sit down and have a private talk with your father later on. Absolutely. We, I think we're all on board. You know, it's, it's interesting because uh, we have kids of all ages. Um, we have uh, one married daughter and then some older kids and younger kids. I think they're, I think they're all on board. If we, can, if, we could, uh, if we could work it out, then I think they're, uh, they, they would really be on board. This is how you break the news to me that I'm old by having a married daughter? Uh, yeah. My yeah, gosh, sort of, unbelievable. Sort of. uh, well, the uh, Finkelsteins of Teaneck, New Jersey. Right now, they're from Teaneck. We don't know how long it's going to last, but they're, they're exploring all the possibilities. Thank right. you so much for joining us today. Thank you. That's Dr. Barry Finkelstein, who I know for quite a while, and his daughter, Tali. Um, they, are, uh, they are going through the process, finding out as much information as possible here from Nefesh Benefesh, as so many people are today. Over 1,700 registrants for today's incredible mega event in New York City. How do you like that? Pretty amazing. More coming up. You're listening to the Nachum Siegel Network as we continue on this very special Sunday in New York City with our friends from Nefesh Benefesh.
Malcolm Siegel Network, and we are live from the uh, mega event. And boy, oh boy, if the word mega was ever appropriate, uh, this year it certainly is. Uh, over 1,700 registrants, plenty of people pushing the number over 2,000, uh, including those who are just walking in to be part of this experience with Nefesh Benefesh and find out as much as possible about heading to Israel, making Aliyah, and uh, participating in the future of the Jewish people in the place where the future of the Jewish people is guaranteed, and that is in the state of Israel. And someone who could speak to this topic is the former member of Knesset, Rabbi Dove Lippman, who's here in New York for the mega event. Rabbi Lippman, welcome back to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Uh, you're one who can confirm that the future of the Jewish people, in fact, is in the state of Israel. Yeah, I decided I want to make Aliyah. <laughs> I, I, I'm again. here today. Yeah, I want to do it again. I, I want to go meet with everyone and get all the information and just do it again. How many That's years have you been living in Israel? Twelve years. Wow. Thank God. Thank Pretty God. good. Twelve years. Is your and, and family happy with that decision? So there's an amazing story which I've been telling. Uh, when I when I notified, I had to call my grandmother to tell her we're making Aliyah, and you can imagine the fear <laughs> of that phone call. And uh, I called my grandmother, who's a survivor of the Holocaust, and she survives Auschwitz. She comes to America. She rebuilds her family, and she's in the golden years of her life, enjoying her grandchildren and great grandchildren. And I have to call her and tell her we're moving thousands of miles away. And I finally had the courage, and I said, Bubby, I have some news for you. God willing, this summer, Dean and I and the kids are moving to Israel. And my grandmother responds, Baruch atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech HaOlam Shechianu Vikimanu She thanks God for bringing her to this day. That's how happy my family is with the decision. Uh, most incredible moment that I'll never forget where she said, you'll be thousands of miles away and it won't be easy. But this is where the Jewish people belong, and I can only thank God for the fact that my great-grandchildren will be living there. And I uh, had your children in mind as well when I asked that question. How would they say 12 years later it's been? So I had an amazing moment with my son a few years ago. He was in America for the summer and extended period of time, and he said, Abba, I want to thank you so much for moving us to Israel, because if you hadn't made Aliyah, I don't know that I would have been able to. 
which was an amazing com comment on two sides. One is he realized it's comfortable in America and life can be very good here, oh, yeah. but he so appreciates that we're in Israel. And God willing, in three weeks, we are becoming real Israelis, and he starts his service as a Golani soldier. And time flies, Then, it, then huh? it really hits. Yeah, we moved. He was seven. We said, oh, we'll have peace by the time uh, he's 18. And then it comes along. And you know what? Uh, they all love living in Israel. They're all Israelis uh, through and through, but also a dual with a bilingual. And they love Israel. They can't imagine. They can't imagine living in America. Rabbi Dove Lipman is here. How have those efforts for peace been going over there? <laughs> I don't think I'm talking politics today. Challenging, uh, yeah, would you say? But you know what? I, I tell people all the time, all of these issues, whether it's the security issues or even internal issues, that's part of the process of the return of Am Israel to Medina Israel to Eretz Israel, and, and to be part of that process after 2,000 years, we're no longer begging the Tsar to spare us or the king here to spare us. We have our own self-determination, our own Knesset, where we fight out the issues and everyone is passionate about whatever they believe is right for the state of Israel and Jewish people. That's also part of the bracha and the blessing of, of our return back home. Yeah, with that in mind, what would our ancestors have done to be in this type of situation? I think that where they are going back and forth, arguing, discussing, and, and pondering the future of the state of Israel. It's already, you know, 60 plus years Correct. old. Correct. I can tell you one great moment in the Knesset. There was one night we were debating a, a heavy issue, and it was hours and hours of yelling and screaming and passion, and everyone believes what they're arguing is best for the state of Israel and the Jewish people. And there was a pause on the action for a few seconds, for whatever reason, and this is what I heard. Mariv, <laughs> and all of us went together <laughs> to this back room. A moment ago, we were at each other's throats yelling about the issues, and we davened together. And it was one of these surreal moments where you realize the magnitude of the special times in which we live, that when it's all said and done, we have each other, and we unify around you know, Hashem Echad. It was a very powerful experience. It's uh, pretty amazing. You've, you've actually toured the country here over the last few months. You've been to different cities speaking about Aliyah. Yes, and Israel, so Nefesh Nefesh has right. been uh, having me go city to city. I was just in Houston and Dallas and just in Riverdale for Shabbat. Tomorrow morning, I fly to Boston. Are you and enamored with the way people react to your Zionist talks <laughs> when you go to these different cities? <laughs> I'll tell you what's puzzling to me, and this is not a criticism of any of those cities, and the conversations have been great. It seems to me that, in, in, especially in our education system, the mitzvah of Yishuv Haaretz is off the radar screen. Right. You know, we wave flags proudly, we march in parades, and that's wonderful, and there's a lot of lobbying going on for Israel, and I'm not taking away from any of that. But why shouldn't Jewish children be hearing that the Ramban says that there's an obligation to live in the state of Israel and others say that there's a mitzvah to live in Israel? Let it be part of the conversation. I understand why it's a challenge for schools or rabbis and shuls to talk about it. But I feel that here we've been given this opportunity after 2,000 years. Are we, are we wasting it on a certain level by just allowing those who are self-motivated to come instead of not encouraging it a little bit more? No question about it. And by the way, what you just said can be applied essentially to every uh, corner of the community. It is something that's not lost on the, uh, what we would normally call right wing, left wing, middle, modern. It, it's all, everywhere throughout all the All across the board. Right. And also the other issue is also Hebrew I talk about as well. Uh, you know, I graduated 12 years Jewish day school. I have no complaints about the schools that I went to. But why aren't we have the kids in the school for 12 years? They should all be fluent in Hebrew so that when the time comes, when they do want to explore it, that that's not in any way an obstacle or a barrier. When I got to the Knesset, I had to have a tutor uh, to catch right. me up in order to uh, make sure that I could function at that level. And... Uh, I want people to know that Israel's on the table. They can do it. They can deal with the challenges. And smart Aliyah, that's the biggest thing. I'm not saying close your eyes, blindly go. That's what today is all about. Answer, have, have all your questions answered. Make sure you have a livelihood lined up, education for your children. And we're, we're blessed to live in a 
generation where you have nefesh for nefesh and other organizations. It's possible. It's possible to do it in that way. 100%. I'm sure they were very helpful to you when you moved. I would not have been able to make Aliyah were it not for nefesh for nefesh. I say that not because I was paid to do so, <laughs> uh, but because it's the reality. And that flight, my goodness gracious, the bracha of getting on that flight with a few hundred other people. I mean, you've, you've experienced sure. it. Uh, I'll never forget those experiences. And, and, and it helped us just to realize we're part of a collective group that's doing this together. Yeah, the way you did it, though, must have been much more exciting because you actually stayed at Israel. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget exciting. the one moment, if I can just tell you, the one sure. moment that sticks out, the pilot, you know, we get out to that plane and we're getting our children settled and the pilot starts to speak from the cockpit. And, I mean, you can imagine the anxiety and the fears, but also the enthusiasm, the excitement, the plane. And he says at the end of his little spiel, he says, everybody sit back, relax, enjoy the flight. I'm here to take you home. Oh. And that was that. <laughs> that was it. That was the moment. I realized the magnitude of it was ahead. After 2,000 years, here we are on this comfortable jumbo jet, making a choice to go to something, to go back home. And that's what it's all about. Wonderful seeing you. Good to see you as well. Rabbi Dov to you. to you. And we will continue to spread the message. That's Looking for sure. forward to it. Thank you so much for all you do. More coming up. You're listening to a uh, Nahum Single Network special presentation on a Sunday from the mega event in New York City with our friends at Nefesh Benefesh. Remember tomorrow night. We are live from uh, the Boca Raton Synagogue starting at 7 p.m. for the big 15th anniversary celebration and a very special week with Nefesh and Nefesh upcoming for all of us at JM and AM and the Nahum Segal Network. More coming up from the mega event. Keep it right here.
from Alev Tahar as we continue on a Sunday special edition of the Nachum Siegel Network. The discussion today is about the uh, incredible mega event where we are in New York City at John Jay College. Over 1,700 registrants, hundreds more walking in off the street to find that information about heading to Israel and get all the information they can. And uh, tomorrow we continue from uh, Boca. We're going to be down at uh, 7 p.m. tomorrow night at the 15th anniversary celebration at Boca at the Boca Raton Synagogue. Uh, that's happening tomorrow night. Uh, you're all invited to uh, participate by watching and listening to our live uh, hookup from there. Uh, then after that, we are uh, going to be taking care of our Tuesday and Wednesday morning obligations for JM and the AM from the Boca Raton Synagogue with more talk about Nefesh Benefesh and uh, speaking with some of the participants in the Yu Yarche Kala who are down there as well. Rena and Jerry Barda from Teaneck, New Jersey are sitting to my left. Welcome to the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you. Hi. You are described as empty nesters who are looking uh, at the possibility of moving to Israel. Would that be an accurate description? Yes. Where, where, did, every, where did everybody go? Where would they fly the coop to? They, they're all in Israel, actually. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, we have uh, four daughters. <coughs> Three have already made Aliyah. The fourth is uh, is currently at Migdal O's, and she's 50-50 whether she's going to come back for college or not. So that's it. Time for you guys to move, huh? So, yeah. Will it be this summer, or we're not sure exactly when yet? Uh, probably not this summer. We're, you know, we're, we still have, uh, certainly when I retire, which I'm not sure when that's going to be. Right. But, uh, so the process has begun. Processes. The inquiries, the research, the questions, that's yeah. all started. Correct. Yeah, it seems like when we visit them the last couple of times, we're more like looking at where should we live, how would it be like, what's life here like. It's a different type of visiting. Right. It's not just staying in a uh, nice vacation spot and enjoying a couple of weeks. And touring. We didn't, you know, all that touring right. stuff is past. Now that, we just want to sit with our kids. And you're getting down to brass tacks. Where do we belong? Where we'll be comfortable, etc., etc. Exactly. Uh, Rena and Jerry Bard are here. Have you attended any specific formal sessions yet today? Have you done any of that, or have you walked around, seen the vendors? What have you been doing? A little bit of both. We, we sat through some of the finance sessions, and they're very popular. We were closed out of the last two choices. So uh, Wow. Yeah. Very, very full, full event today. Very nice. And uh, I don't have to, I don't need a specific answer, but I would assume there are things you've learned in today's process that you did not know coming in already. There, there are a few things, correct. Um, sort of technical, you know, financial type things, right. but it's you know, stuff that really hadn't thought about until now because hadn't had a need to think about until Your now. Your kids right? who moved, I assume, moved with Nefesh Benefesh. Correct. So have they been telling you that, hey, you know, this is a much easier process than you think, or they make life a lot easier, or the fact that they've done it, does that give you the, the uh, impetus to say, hey, we could do it, they did it? Well, we've, lear we've learned a lot along the way. You know, we're, we're, we've been involved in opening bank accounts and renting apartments and all those challenging things that come, come with Alia. One of our daughters, will put a plug in, works for Nefesh Benefesh, nice. Talia. So uh, so she's, she's obviously the closest to the no. All right. Well, we wish you the best of luck. This is going to be quite an adventure as this process continues. Mm -hmm. And soon the whole family will be reunited in Israel on a permanent basis. Amen. That must be a great feeling. Yeah. Looking forward to I it. I can imagine looking forward to it. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank, Thank you. you. And Hatzlachar Rabah, Rina and Jerry Barda, they are described as empty nesters. That's right. Their kids have uh, moved on. <laughs> You can say that again, it's rough. Um, 
I still can't get over the fact that my kids go to summer camp for two months. So forget about the empty dusters. Um, more coming up. As I said, uh, all through this uh, special broadcast, we are going to be uh, part of the Nefesh Nefesh 15th anniversary celebration down in Boca. That's going to be happening uh, tomorrow night starting at 7 p.m. Miriam L. Wallach, who for some reason has not joined us for the first 90 minutes of our program, not quite sure why. Because we've had great content. What happened? A rough weekend for you? There you go. You How are been, you? You haven't been able to ease into the broadcast? Back into work, yeah. I That's the problem. Exactly. That's I want to tell problem. you, by the way, that we've uh, fulfilled our annual mega obligation. We can check off on our list in terms of guests. Yeah. The the guest who doesn't want to go on because his or her family member doesn't know that right. they're here. And I would guess their boss also probably doesn't know. Right. So much. So uh, yes, that was that was a funny moment. And Jamie's like, I found that person. Do they know that this is Manhattan with you right. know a lot of people who they might come in contact? with? Do they with? know that there are Jews here? <laughs> right. And some Jews tend to know other Jews. It yeah. re- oh, it reminds me of such a great story, but it's such a long one. I can't tell it now. But I did tell we it. We have over a Shab- couple minutes. But I did tell it over Shabbos. We have a couple minutes. At the East Brunswick. I-, I can come around to the other side of have the table you, and we have, can hear have it. Have you ever heard my uh, dad? Dan Brody story? You've heard I that. have not. You've never heard that story? I don't know. I might have blocked it out. But. Jamie, you're going to like this, especially based on what just happened to you as Miriam described it. Uh, there's, a ra- there's a television show that at one time was hosted by the President of the United States. It was called The Apprentice. You ever hear of it? I, I have heard the of it. The Apprentice. Because I know you're not that into these TV programs. And stuff, but I've so. heard of the President of the United States. Correct. So yeah. he presided. He was the host of a show called The Apprentice. And uh, Dan Brody was an Orthodox Jew, or is an Orthodox Jew, who was part of the whole process. So... I told the story over Shabbos, and I said, you know, only our audience could have appreciated the story. So I asked him on the air, you know, what it was like being an Orthodox Jew in this type of environment. And uh, he said, well, there were a couple of funny things that happened. One was that, you know, once you're voted off or fired from The Apprentice, you are not allowed to leave. Because if you go back to your neighborhood, then the of secret's course. out that, you know, that you're no longer, you know, part of the whole competition. So he went ahead and, uh, and did what everyone else does. You're basically sequestered in a hotel once you're out. You're basically sitting there all day. You know, essentially not doing much. And so what they try to do is they try to take the, the, those who've been fired to try to take them on outings. You know, get them out and give them a little, a little R&R. A little air. A little air is right. So <laughs> they take them to assorted restaurants, you know, during the week, et cetera, et cetera. One night they said, Dan, you know, what restaurant would you like to go to? We know you only eat kosher and it's been a challenge feeding you. You know, where would you oh, like to go? And he no. says, no, 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 we can't go to... He says, what do you mean you can't go to the kosher restaurant? If we go to any kosher restaurant in New York and New Jersey, chances are somebody from my neighborhood is going to be... A, what? Who do you think you are, right. you big shot? Big shot. You're gonna, they're going to know who you are. I'm telling you, you don't understand how it works in the Jewish world. If we go to a kosher restaurant, there's no chance that somebody's not going to report back to somebody that I know that I was seated at that restaurant. And lo and behold. No, so he, they couldn't go anymore. Ah, okay. So he convinced them, and they, of course, thought he was a big shot. But they convinced them that uh, he, he convinced them that it was a bad idea. But then uh, they decided they're going to take the entire group to Six Flags. So they go to Six Flags, uh, you know, and they get on the bus, and they go to Six Flags, and now this, you know, this group is ready to go and have a good time. And they get there, and Dan Brody realizes it is NCSY Day oh. on Cholomoyed Sukkis. Oh. And he says, there are thousands of Jews everywhere. He grabs a ticket from the coordinator who was handing out tickets to get it. He gets in, goes straight to a gift shop, buys one of those uh, Dr. Seuss hats. Nice. He, nice. That's all you got to do. And he walks around like that all day to make sure that nobody recognizes him. So Very good. I told the story. That's a good story. Yeah, I told the story. As a person who's tried to hide you in various places and <laughs> make yeah, it Yeah, I don't so think that the hat would work with me. No, not so much. No. The hat is not big enough. 
But uh, now Jamie understands the uh, relationship to the story that happened to her. Guy shows up here exactly. and hopes that nobody in the Jewish community right. can report back to his parents. What are the chances? Here. I mean, come on. Saw your exactly. son. Saw your son at the mega event. What mega event? Oh, you didn't hear about it. Or the couples who are not yet engaged but are checking out Aliyah together. Right. Right. That's We've had funny. that. That's funny. We've had that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of good stuff. Uh, we have a big week coming up. By the way, did you mention everybody that Eden Walk's at the back there? Our good friends at Eden Walk. Hello there, Eden Walk. Yeah. Our good friends at Eden Walk are here feeding everybody. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. Including us, by the way. Uh, really? Yeah, over there. <laughs> oh, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> because someone earlier, she put this in the camera, someone earlier you know, decided it was time for me to have lunch. This is what they brought over, ZK. This right. is what they brought over. I wonder yeah, exactly. who. Exactly. <laughs> Toss it right at her. Okay, just put it back in the room. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, we have a big week ahead. Yeah. A very, very big week ahead. Um, last night I told the story at the Young Israel of East Brunswick how uh, the first time Miriam Wallach walked in to be uh, interviewed or, you know, possibility of actually becoming the general manager of Nachum Single Network, I threw her out of the studio. That there was a big conflict. I think you've heard the story a million times. So okay, so, have you heard the story? So someone asked a follow-up question. Oh. So someone asked a follow-up question. Have you ever had a fight since then? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was on the floor. <laughs> have we ever had a Insert fight? Insert nervous laughter here. <laughs> have yeah. a fight since then. Anyway. A fight. So uh, tomorrow we are off to Florida after JM and the AM because tomorrow night in Boca Raton, I don't know if that's the proper pronunciation of the city. I have to find the mayor of Boca Raton and ask him. Tomorrow I night. I don't think he's at the. He's not at the Mega. He's not at the Mega. Tomorrow night at Boca Raton, or Boca Raton, uh, is the 15th anniversary celebration of Nefesh Benefesh. I'll be in an, a, a, I'll be the moderator of an armchair conversation with Tony Gelbart and Rabbi Fass. Correct, the dynamic duo. Yeah, as we discuss yes. the, uh, as we discuss Jewish heroism, through the eyes of those who've enjoyed the uh, 15 years in Israel or the last 15 years of Aliyah. Anyways, that's tomorrow night, Boca Raton. You can watch the entire thing at AlchemSegal.com and listen into all of our venues. And hear that live. Uh, then Tuesday morning, we're going to be uh, broadcasting from Boca Raton Synagogue and speaking with a variety of uh, people from Israel that will be paying tribute to the folks at Nevesh Benevish. Then, then Wednesday morning, we're going to be speaking with a variety of rabbis from North America, all of whom have different messages of Zionism to spread and to share with us in terms of how Zionism is taught and celebrated in their own communities. So that's what's going to be happening over the next few days. I hope you're ready. It's going to be a very Zionist-centric few days for us at the Nachum Single Network. As I'm, we I'm not sleeping in preparation for not sleeping. There you go. That's, how, that's what training's that's about, what, ZK. That's what ZK does. He doesn't right. sleep in advance of not sleeping. I like that. Very, <laughs> I don't blame you. The five-hour energy drinks are packed in the Coppel luggage. But everyone knows that it's going to be an action-packed week, and we're going to work as hard as possible to bring you some great programming and some wonderful things from down in Florida. So get ready, everybody, and stay tuned to us all week long. Uh, more coming up here at the Nahum Siegel Network. This is a, a brand new selection from Gershon Varoba. And um, we are at the mega event in New York City at John Jay College with our friends at Nefesh Benefesh. Applications at nbn.org.il.
Malcolm Single Network, welcome to a Sunday, a special edition of our Sunday broadcast uh, here from the Nefesh Benefesh mega events uh, happening at John Jay College. 
thousands of people, including, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it on the air, can I? No. Nope. Including people who I'm not allowed to mention on the air are here to enjoy a nefesh benefesh experience here in New York City. Megan Turner is here. Megan Turner is the Klita director at the Municipal Absorption Department in Beersheba. Hi. And I, is your office is in Bershava, obviously. Obviously. And the reason this is so funny and significant to me is because when my aunt and uncle moved to Israel in 1970, I think it was, uh, they basically became the mayor of Bershava. Like, they were the, the liaisons for anybody who wanted because in those days, right. not too many people were moving to Bershava. Very few people were moving to Israel, relatively mm-hmm. speaking. And they go to Beersheba, Derech HaMeshacharim. I don't know if you know where it is. I, I lived on that street. Bemet? <laughs> what did. number? I was number 19. Oh, I think there were 84. <laughs> either 84 or 86, I don't remember. So <laughs> they're at Derech HaMeshacharim. And the reason I'm a decent ping-pong player is because the Merkaz Klita in Beersheba had a ping-pong table. My cousins and I used to go and play all the time. That's so, so cool. What a small world. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> and, oh, one of, your, one of the prominent members of Knesset. Um, Rabbi Glick is from Beersheba. Mm-hmm. The Glick family was a very prominent family in Beersheba for many, many years. I don't even know if they may still be there. I don't know. And uh, anyway, so I have a little bit of a history with Beersheba. Uh, so I always viewed it in those days that, frankly, people who were moving to Israel and needed to go somewhere, didn't have family, didn't, weren't able to make their own arrangements, really gravitated toward the absorption center down there. They had that kind of reputation back then. What is it like today? It's a different environment. Can entirely. imagine. Um, you know, we have we have youth coming we have young families we have retirees i mean the entire spectrum is coming we in beersheba we have olim coming from 45 different countries wow right now 20 percent of our olim community is anglo so that's really exciting to to brag about a little bit we still call it the capital of the south like we call it the capital of opportunities good and it definitely is uh, and uh, the infrastructure, they paid a lot of attention to the infrastructure near Beersheba because now highways and trains that are either being built or proposed, it includes the Beersheba area almost invariably. Absolutely. And you can get from Beersheba to Tel Aviv in about an hour. Right. So. Um, direct routes from Yushalayim as well, right? There's a, there's a bus to Jerusalem. Right. We're, we're hoping for a train soon. Right. And then, and then to other points in the south. Yes, to Sterwot, Netivot, Okakim, Dimona. The south is very connected right yeah, now. Yeah, Beersheba has become a really important hub. I guess that's the way to really view it's it. It's a very wonderful way to describe it. I also know it's become a big college town. Yes. Right? It has become, you said youth earlier, but it really has become a big college town. Uh, college youth renting apartments and you know dominating certain areas of town, mm-hmm. uh, which was not the case back then, obviously. Right. Uh, so I would assume the university is doing very well. Well, there's Ben-Gurion University. There's right. also Sami Shimon, the engineering college. There's the, techno- the technological college. And we have lots of options in Beersheba for studies. And the uh, hospital. And the hospital, very absolutely. The, the, medical, the medical school with the hospital, both international right. and Israeli. Megan Turner is here. You're originally from where? Arkansas. Did you? You're from originally from Arkansas? <laughs> I am. Little Rock? <laughs> no, from Fort Smith. From Fort Smith, Arkansas. When yes. did you move to Israel? I moved in 2012, so about four years ago. And what spurred you on to moving to Israel? What uh, did you learn in Arkansas <laughs> that gave you the desire to head to the Holy Land? I desired a more Jewish life, and yeah. I wasn't obviously wasn't finding it in Arkansas. And I also wanted a challenge, so I chose Beersheba. I wanted to speak Hebrew. I wanted to really be integrated into the Israeli society. Did you go with nobody else that you knew? I mean, I went with my Chinese pug. <laughs> that was it, huh? That's it. <laughs> it was enough. And um, you get to Israel, and this process that you wanted to be a challenge did end up being a challenge. Absolutely. But uh, in all the best Learning ways. the language, mm-hmm. getting the lay of the land, and I assume finding employment as well. Exactly. Uh, how'd you end up in the office? How'd you end up in the Klita office? Well, I finished my master's in social work um, not long ago, and I had been teaching an English class 
along the way because you need to <laughs> to take care of yourself somehow. Right. And they saw that I was not only an English speaker but also someone who was very well connected in the community and that I had, you know, the 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 qualities they were looking for in someone who would take care of people post Aliyah and Beersheba. And so they, they called me in for an interview. It was my first interview in Hebrew, and it was very nerve-wracking. <laughs> and But it, the rest is history. How many centers like this are around the country? Um, wow, that's hard to say. I think about 10 to 15. That's what I was figuring. Yeah, it's not in the that. hundreds. No, no, no. Right. No, Some and we're we're part of the city of of Beersheba, so right. we're very lucky to be to have the cooperation and the support of Beersheba. And is is it just my impression because of my short history with Beersheba, or are they really very uh, immigrant friendly and really uh, very you know very good when it comes to absorbing new immigrants? Well, our our neighbor Ruvik Danilovich, I don't know if you've heard the mm. name. Um, he's very keen on Olim because he knows that if Beersheba is going to continue developing, that one of the ways that it's going to develop and, and grow is through bringing in and absorbing Olim. And so we have an actual, an entire department that takes care of Russian speakers, Spanish speakers, French speakers, English speakers, and the entire, the, the city of Beersheba is 27% Olim. So the, uh, we, pretty it's, amazing. it's pretty cool. Pretty amazing. Um, Megan, Megan Turner, Klitad Director of the Municipal Absorption Department of Beersheba. Anybody who's here today that ends up in Beresheva or moves to Beresheva, and you've had plenty of Nefesh Benefesh Olim come to Beresheva, they are likely going to meet you I'm also point. a Nefesh Benefesh Ola, so yeah, absolutely. And you went to Beresheva. How do you yeah. like that? Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Best regards to Derech HaMeshacharim. Absolutely. You'll remember the next time you're of there, Of course. Right? More coming up. It is a, a very special Sunday edition of the Nachum Siegel Network from uh, the mega event in New York City with our friends in Nefesh Benefesh. Remember, tomorrow night, starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, you can uh, see and hear through our website. All the goings-on down in Boca Raton, Florida, as we celebrate 15 years of Nefesh Nefesh with Rabbi Fass and Tony Gilbart at BRS in Boca. Make sure to be tuned in. More coming up. You're listening to the Nahum Single Network.
That's Gershon Varoba. If you've wondered who controls the message out of Israel, we have the two people right here. They are uh, Amanda Borchel. Is that the correct pronunciation? That's right. You um, got it. Amanda Borchel Don, correct? That's right. From Times of Israel. Uh, quite an outfit, that Times of Israel, by Thanks the way. Thanks very much. Yeah, a lot of good material there. Just I celebrated say. five years. Is it only five years? That's it. Nice. Yeah. Noah Amuya? Good job. Thank you very much. <laughs> From the Jerusalem Post. Yes. They're a little older than five years. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. A little bit older. At one time, they were known as the Palestine Post. That's right. You remember those days? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> no, I'm kidding around. A little bit before my time. Uh, both Amanda and Noah are, are Anglo journalists who could talk about what it's like reporting from Israel. Welcome to both of you. Thank you very Thank much. You. Um, Noah, we'll start with you. The, uh, the message is sometimes complicated. Yes. We in the United States and other parts of the world, we turn to people like yourselves to uh, keep us up to date on what's happening in Israel. Sure. And it is, uh, it, it, it sometimes, I don't know, it seems like it's a, I don't know if it's a battle or if it's a, uh, just a tough situation to make sure to always stay as fair, as, uh, as meaningful in the reporting mm -hmm. as possible. I mean, it, you have a tough job. You have yes. a tough job communicating these messages around the world. Absolutely. When it comes to covering issues regarding the Middle East, or especially the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, uh, the words really do matter. What you call things matter. Correct. Uh, who you speak to certainly matters, and we try our best to be um, as balanced as possible in a very difficult and complex situation. Right. You guys have tremendous amount of traffic to your website, I'm sure. Yes. A lot of people from around the world who are constantly checking getting alerts from the Jerusalem Post, etc., to mm -hmm. find out what the latest is. And um, it, 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 it must be, I don't know, it must be uh, a very large operation with a lot of people to make yeah. sure that all of that gets done on a daily basis. Um, it's not as large as you would think. We're kind of a condensed family. Um, but, you know, we have a good portion in the Jerusalem office, and we also have a, about 30, 40 people in our Tel Aviv corporate office that make sure, you know, the money comes in on time and... <laughs> Uh, that's also, you know, part of the, part of the business. Where are you originally from? I'm from Rockville, Maryland. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. Um, wh why is it that your newspaper has survived in print form while so many others have gone by the wayside uh, while the Internet continues to prevail? I think we don't have that much competition in terms of print journalism. Um, certainly, Times of Israel is a formidable uh, competition, but they're online-based. Um, but we're trying to do our best to have robust coverage both online and in print. Uh, it's certainly a challenge, but I think it's one that we're doing quite well. Um, and it's just, you know, trying to come up with new angles for uh, a very uh, dynamic region. Yeah, that's for sure. Shabbat is probably a huge factor as well. There's a yeah. Jerusalem yeah, Post uh, mm -hmm. veteran. I know that our weekend edition, the Jerusalem Post weekend edition was the huge seller, and it was for people who don't go online on Shabbat. Yeah, that's what's going to survive. Yeah. That, that's how print is going to survive in the Jewish world because of Shabbat. <laughs> well, yeah. I could say about both of you, the Jerusalem Post and the uh, uh, Times of Israel, you have a, a really uh, good collection of opinion journalists. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of great opinion pieces that both outfits are constantly presenting. And uh, it seems to me, uh, in the Jerusalem Post case, that you're really inundating us with a wide variety of opinion, um, even more than usual. Mm -hmm. Am I right about that? Has there been a recent surge in well, that department? we have a new editor-in-chief, Yaakov Katz, right. who's uh, very much on the ball. And uh, that, that is something that he's invested a lot of time in. We also have an excellent op-ed editor, in Seth Bransman, who's been at the job for five years. And he's always looking to make new connections, get new people, get new voices. He's, he's traveled to Kurdistan four times, I believe. And he's trying to get voices from there, showing how they're supporting Israel, and that's not something you 
you know, think of naturally about our allies in Kurdistan. Right. So he's always looking for a new way to, um, a, a new voice about Israel. All right, I'm going to ask you about this event in a moment. Let's move for a moment to Amanda. Times of Israel early has been, I mean, you said it's only five years. They, right. they, they've made their mark in a very, very short amount of time, relatively speaking. Yes, um, also because of our broad breadth of opinion. As you mentioned, right. we have a, a good news and feature site. But we have a, another sister site, which is all blogs. So really, almost everyone can have their say on our website, assuming that it's not incendiary or causing a calling for violence, etc. But we really are open to pretty much a, a plethora of, of opinion, for sure, but pretty much any opinion. Do you know why yours has done so well and flourished in this environment when I can cite tens, if not hundreds, of different sites that do that were at one time dominated by bloggers who just were not able to survive this whole environment? I think it's this uh, combination of hard-hitting news. We're very up-to-date. We have a very good crack news team that's 24 hours all the time except for Yom Kippur. <laughs> and uh, we're really on it. We have what to say pretty much all the time of what's happening in Israel, in the Middle East, in the Jewish world in general. And people know that they can trust our journalism. It's fair-minded, very balanced open to other opinion journalism that is uh, very difficult to find in today's market. Is there a next step for Times of Israel? Anything you're looking to add or, you know, as you continue to grow, still a young age, anything right. you're looking to do that you haven't done yet? So in our five years of being on the market, we have our, I call it the Mothership English site. We also have a French site, oh. which is very dynamic and growing all the time. We have an Arabic site. We have a Persian site. We also have a Chinese site. So these languages in themselves are huge growth, but at the same time, we're also partnering with local uh, newspapers and helping them develop their websites to make them beautiful, easy to use. We just added Atlanta. We also have New Jersey. We have New York. We have London. And this aspect is growing all the time. Tell me what you think of this event. We'll start with you, Amanda. What do you think of the mega event as you attend here at John Jay College? So it's my first time here, actually, and uh, I'm the Jewish world editor at the, at the Times of Israel. That is a Jewish world story. Yes, it is, <laughs> indeed. And I'm just blown away, really, seeing the masses and diversity of people here is uh, very interesting. And as I go around and uh, very politely ask people, they very politely answer me. So that in itself is a big difference from Israel. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll take your word for it on that. I, of course, have never had that experience in Israel. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. You're enjoying yourself I'm here then. I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> uh, Noah, what do you think uh, from your perspective in representing the Jerusalem Post of this event here at the uh, mega event for Nevis Benevish? This is uh, a very big uh, production that they put up here. This, I'm also a newbie, a uh, Nefesh Benefesh mega event newbie. Um, and it's, it's great to just speak to people of a variety of backgrounds uh, who all have the same goal. And I think that's very inspiring. Yeah, I've always pointed out, and again, we mentioned it today, that it's uh, fascinating to me how people from really diverse uh, d d areas geographically and diverse areas in terms of their religious and Jewish backgrounds have come together for this one common cause. It's, uh, I don't know how they did it. I don't know what the formula was, but they certainly did it well. I want to thank Amanda Borchel Don of the Times of Israel. I want to thank Noah Amuya. Yeah. Uh, right? Amuyal. Amuyal of the yeah. Jerusalem Post. They're both here. And they are uh, doing a lot of reporting, they and their colleagues, uh, from Israel to keep us up to date on what's happening in Israel. Many, many opinion pieces in both of their outfits. In addition, they're both here for the first time at the mega event and appreciating the greatness of Nefesh Benefesh. Thank you very, Thank very, you very much. much. Thank, Thank you. you, both of you. Um, more coming up. This is the Anahum Siegel Network. It's, uh, what is it, 2 o'clock here in the East? 2 o'clock here in the East, ZK. It means we have one more hour to go.
on this uh, special edition of the Nefesh Benefesh Mega Event. Tomorrow night, we're going to be uh, live in Boca Raton, Florida. 7 p.m. Eastern Time for the armchair discussion that I will moderate with Tony Gelbard and Rabbi Fass. Make sure to be tuned in at NahumSingle.com and all of our digital platforms, etc., etc. And you can be part of the experience. Plus, Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll be broadcasting live from Boca Raton, Florida with Nefesh Benefesh. More coming up if you keep it right here. This is the Nahum Single Network.
Uh, well, we are at the mega event. You know what that is? It's the most incredible and amazing gathering of people who are considering Aliyah. For 15 years, Nefesh Benefesh has been doing this, has been facilitating the movement of North American Jewry to Israel. And uh, today is one of those days where it all begins for a lot of people. The first time they've ever walked into an event uh, where Aliyah is being discussed, being encouraged, and being facilitated. Uh, I want to remind everybody of the week ahead uh, before we before we either go to our next guest or to a break. Um, tomorrow night we're going to be in Boca Raton, Florida, and we invite everybody to be part of the celebration when we uh, pay tribute to Rabbi Fass and Tony Gelbart in an armchair conversation that I'll be moderating down in Boca at the Boca Raton Synagogue where Nefesh Benefesh all began 15 years ago, as amazing as that is. Uh, that's going to be happening tomorrow evening, and it's... Um, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You can watch the entire proceeding at NahumSegal.com. And, of course, you can hear it on all of our platforms. Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning, we're live from Boca, where we are planning on uh, having a whole bunch of great Israeli uh, representatives on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, speaking with uh, rabbinic uh, guests from all across North America. Uh, we're gonna be, uh, we plan on having them uh, throughout the two shows, throughout the two broadcasts, on both Tuesday and Wednesday down in Boca. And you'll be able... Uh, to tune in, see all the action, hear all the action, and be part of our presentation. So it's a big week, a big week in partnership with the Nachum Single Network and Nefesh Benefesh as we continue to encourage people to head to Israel. All right, we'll take this break. Back with more coming up. You are listening to the Nachum Single Network, and thanks for tuning in to our special presentation from the mega event with Nefesh Benefesh at John Jay College in New York City. It is a uh, Nachum Single Network special presentation Sunday live from the uh, mega event with Nefesh Benefesh in New York City. <coughs> Chaim Bibas is with us. He's the mayor of Modi'in. We've heard of Modi'in. Modi'in has a whole collection of amazing people uh, who used to live here in the uh, North American region who are now in Israel. He's head of the Union of Local Authorities, comprised of mayors and heads of municipalities and regions in Israel. And he's leading a mission currently of five Israeli mayors who are part of the mega event here with Nefesh Benefesh, Mayor Chaim Bibas, welcome to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you very much, and good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Modi'in. Modi'in is one of the names, one of the cities that we always hear about people from North America going and enjoying a wonderful life in Israel, in the city of Modi'in. I came here as the, the mayor of Modi'in, Maccabim Ruth, and the, the chairman of local government of, of, the, of the state of Israel. 
Modin is a wonderful uh, place established uh, 20 years uh, ago and uh, we are uh, I think so uh, absorbs uh, immigrant or live from all uh, over the world most of them from America and we have uh, uh, two neighborhoods in uh, Modin uh, one of them it's uh, a thousand of uh, Olim from uh, from America, mm -hmm. and it's a wonderful place. Uh, I think we we, we build something uh, special to to the immigrants, and uh, I came here with the five uh, uh, mayors from Israel. Uh, we would like uh, uh, to build something else to to bring uh, uh, immigrants to to the north and the south uh, uh, cities and town in Israel and try. Uh, 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 to give them the opportunity to be with the a wonderful and I think the warmest uh, community in Israel. Yeah, very nice. It's a uh, it, it, Modi'in had some help being built by Nefesh Benefesh in a way, right? They helped to uh, build and expand Modi'in base by sending so many people to live there. And now there are other areas of Israel that would like to enjoy the same thing. You and the other mayors who are here, what have you seen here that's impressed you? Uh, f first of all, uh, the people from Odin. Most of uh, uh, the, the stand here is uh, with the people from Odin, and uh, it's uh, make me uh, uh, very uh, uh, proud because uh, I think uh, uh, in Modin we build a wonderful uh, uh, community, and uh, I see I, I saw a lot of uh, uh, people that uh, would like uh, would with the desire to, to bring people. The, uh, to their uh, cities like uh, Bichemesh, like Nasserat uh, uh, Elite, and uh, uh, the other uh, uh, cities in Israel. Those two uh, are represented here today. The yeah, mayors yeah. are here from. Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, I, I I met uh, uh, with the mayor of uh, Nazareth Elite, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mr. Plot, and uh, with the, the mayor of Fakim, uh, Mr. Danino, and uh, the mayor of uh, the town of uh, uh, Omer. It's a wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful uh, uh, town uh, beside uh, uh, the capital of the Negev, uh, uh, Beersheba, and uh, it's very excited to see, uh, you know, all the people here. They all want North American Jews in their city. Yeah, they all want of North course, American Jews in their city. I, I take uh, uh, Modin as example, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, I, I think around uh, uh, two or three thousand of uh, the immigrant in uh, Modin uh, uh, came from the uh, United States of America most of them from uh, 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 New York right. uh, uh, New, New York State and uh, uh, New around Jersey. it so uh, we would like to see them uh, in uh, Modin and the other cities in, uh, in Israel and we would like uh, uh, to, be, uh, uh, to, to give them uh, you know, all the opportunity with the, the, the best educational uh, system but the, with all uh, uh, the things uh, uh, to give them a comfortable uh, things in Israel. Mayor Chaim Bibas is here, mega event in New York City. Um, where are you from originally? You're not originally from. From original, I'm. Uh, I was born in Beitshan. In Beitshan. It's a wonderful place. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I said a few minutes uh, to the people about uh, the mayor of uh, Ofakim. And uh, the people in Ofakim and uh, people in Beitshan, it's the warmest uh, people in the state of Israel. And it's a wonderful place uh, beside the, the Jordan River and uh, uh, with a wonderful education uh, system and wonderful place uh, uh, to give uh, the opportunity to the children, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, to see everything. The green fields uh, beside all uh, the kibbutz uh, around the, around the uh, 
uh, Bitcharm. It's a wonderful place. You're an amazing Israel. ambassador. You should be walking yeah. around these halls speaking to people one-on-one and telling them how beautiful Israel is. And I tell you something about your cousin. Uh, yes, of course. Mayor I was a student uh, uh, in uh, Haifa University. And uh, it was uh, between uh, 1993 and 1996. And it was, uh, uh, Haifa was, uh, you know, uh, uh, not a uh, uh, cities. And Yonayav took care uh, of this uh, uh, city and uh, uh, bring her uh, uh, to be one of the leaders city in, in Israel. And it's depend on mayor, but if we would like uh, uh, to bring the citizen Israel to to uh, something new, to bring immigrants who live from all over the world, most of them from America, because we can build a wonderful things. In See, every family has at least one good guy. So you only have yeah, of course, yeah, of course, every family's course, got that. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> now, <laughs> so now, so now, here we are today. If people would walk up to you and say, is life difficult in Israel? Is it something I'm going to be able to adjust to? They're asking you as the expert. You grew up in Beit Shan. You're in Modin. They want to know, Mr. Mayor, is it possible for me to make it in the Holy Land? What would you say to them today? I tell you something. Uh, now we, uh, uh, we, we, we make together the efforts to, to, to build a, a, a thousand of a new apartment in uh, the state of Israel. Right. Most of them is, uh, uh, you know, in Jerusalem, in Modin, in Ranana, in Celia, in uh, uh, the, the, the mid-cities in Israel, mid-municipalities. And uh, we would like uh, uh, to give for the couples in, in Israel, but uh, not only in Israel, uh, from, uh, for the couples from uh, around the world, uh, the opportunity to, to, to come to Israel to be part of uh, all uh, the things in Israel. And I think uh, we can, uh, it's difficult, it's not uh, uh, so easy. So uh, some people uh, can hear me and uh, uh, understand that they can uh, come uh, come to Israel and everything is uh, uh, in the street. It's not uh, like that. We have to, to work very, very hard. But we would like to see the immigrant in, uh, in Israel. So we uh, build uh, a new apartment, uh, a thousand of new apartments to give them the opportunity and try to absorb them in uh, 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 the system of uh, the municipalities. For example, in Modin, we absorb uh, thousands of uh, immigrants and give them all the opportunity. Uh, education system, uh, welfare and everything. I would uh, meet immigrants from where in Modin? Where would I meet immigrants from where? From the United States, obviously. Where else? Yeah, uh, the, other, the, the other immigrants is from the uh, United Kingdom, uh, from South Africa. Any from France? From France. Uh, uh, so you have a nice representation yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. What is this trip going to be like? Are you going back tonight? Are you have other uh, other items of business with the mayors to do in New York? Uh, what else are you going to be no, doing? No, first we came uh, to Nefesh Benoit. Right. First, and after that, we, we are going to, to meet a few... Uh, uh, very important people in uh, New York, uh, from uh, the federal, from uh, the municipality, and uh, uh, from uh, the Jewish community, the, the uh, a businessman and right. uh, uh, the president of the bonds and uh, the other people, because we would like to, to connect them to the uh, local government of Israel and uh, try to build something together. A real pleasure meeting you, and it's a tremendous kavod, a tremendous honor, I believe, for Nefesh Benefesh and really everybody here that the mayors decided to come and be part of this. So, kolakavot to you and thank you. Yeah, but uh, I, I would like to say something to Nefesh Benefesh. Sure. They make uh, a wonderful uh, a project and uh, we would like to connect them to all the municipalities. So, we open the local government in uh, Israel 
uh, to be part of them and to give them, uh, you know, the opportunity and the access to all municipalities in Israel. And we give them uh, uh, all uh, uh, these things because they uh, uh, make a wonderful project. They certainly do, and every city in Israel is benefiting from it. Todaraba. Thank you very much. Kalakavot, an absolute pleasure. Uh, the Chaim Bibas, the mayor of uh, Modi'in, who is with uh, five other mayors here uh, from the uh, state of Israel, um, in an effort to observe and to speak and to uh, be part of the process as they encourage people to uh, make Aliyah. A shout-out to Aaron Katzman and family who are tuned in in Israel as we speak to you from New York City. You are listening to the Nahum Sugal Network. La, 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 inshallah, inshallah, la, 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 inshallah, inshallah, la, 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 inshallah, inshallah.
You're listening to the Nahum Siegel Network special presentation of the uh, mega event live from New York City at John Jay College. Uh, Nefesh Benefesh is available to you at nbn.org.il. That's nbn.org.il. Or call 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4-ALIYAH, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. Tomorrow night, I have the opportunity to sit with the incredible duo of uh, Rabbi Fass and Tony Gelbart at Boca Raton Synagogue, where it all began 15 years ago. We have a chance to reminisce. They'll take us back to that day 15 years ago, when it all started, when this dream of Nefesh B'Nefesh was hatched. Where it all began. It's very dramatic. How, Th- how thank you, ZK. In a world. <laughs> you could say that Before again. Before Aliyah. Down memory lane, as ZK just added. He normally does not add anything to the broadcast. Very poetic. You could say that again. My gosh, right by fast. I'll tell you, you have everybody here at the top of their game as we anticipate tomorrow's visit. And then Tuesday and Wednesday morning, we'll be broadcasting from Boca Raton Synagogue. We'll be concentrating on guests from Israel on Tuesday and guests from around North America, rabbinic leaders will be updating us on their own activities in uh, reference to Zionism, etc. Um, so this has been, <laughs> I will tell you, we've been to a lot of megas, thank God. You've always invited us, and we thank you. Uh, there's something here, though. There's an energy and oh an excitement gosh. here that's absolutely incredible. Uh, the excitement's been building throughout the entire day, and now the area that we're in is completely filled with people who are I guess reviewing their day and figuring out where to go to next and what question to ask next. I, I think we should walk through and give a visual to mm. the listeners. Not a bad idea. Right? The, there are four floors that we're using right now. So wow. you come in on the lobby level, and there's registration. And it's, as you probably noticed that it's, it looks so professional. Oh, yes. It's a whole, it's really like a convention-style registration. Downstairs, uh, we're using two major rooms, each holding 120 people. And as you've, we've talked about it off-air, they're standing room only, which is incredible. Then you go up to floor number one, and we have 53 vendors and all classrooms that we're using, and the medical, uh, the medical licensing and the medical uh, physicians' seminars. And then we go up to this floor, and this floor is hopping. We yeah. got the Nefesh Das outside, and we're in the Shuk right now, and a couple hundred people here eating. Like a little licorice and shawarma, not together. I do. <laughs> but, uh, but there's a buzz, and there's an atmosphere, and, it's, and it's the energy is really... I knew I was uh, on a college campus when someone came over to me and asked if I could overtally them into the financial planning course, <laughs> but uh, but no, but no, to no avail. Uh, the people were just shut out and they could not get in. What can I tell We're you? adding seminars because there's standing room only in each of them, right. and standing room only not in classrooms of 40, and standing room only in classrooms of 120, which is incredible, and uh, we've never seen anything like this. You know, you most recently were on. And it's unbelievable. I, I say to myself every time you come on the air, that, like, haven't we discussed everything already? And you most recently were on with the Om Sidurim, yeah. uh, what we call Logistics Day, right, for, yeah. for, for the listeners out there, Logistics Day with these soldiers. I don't know if you know what kind of impression that conversation made to our listenership, yeah. but my gosh, just the description of the soldiers from all around the world coming together, and, they, and the majority of them being alone, quote-unquote, without family to take care of things for them. You, sh- you should know. That someone sent me an email, and a stranger said, I, I was just listening to NSN, and I've, I've listened to you all the time about the flights. I've never heard you this emotional <laughs> and impassioned about something. I said, really? I wrote back. They said, yeah, it was just something really unique. And then I came home, and my family was listening to it also, and they said, okay, list the languages. 
He said to know that they were like, you counted 18 or 19 like, Come on. So I took out a pen because I didn't believe me, of course. My kids don't believe me. And I made a list. Yeah. I think you also made a, you also said something about a number of countries that were yes. represented, right? I said six. I said 69. Right. It was 68. 68. If we really put together a list, we'd get to 68. I have it. 100%. I have it tallied to how many countries. Because my kids, your kids are worried about the languages. My kids are questioning no, the list of countries. 100%. 68. Not 69, but 68 countries. See, I don't want to steal thunder from tomorrow night. So I'll be careful how much I say about this. But, I mean, th- th- there are indications of how historic this is just based on what you just said. Just on those statistics, just on the uh, I- incredible gathering of all those languages and all those countries together. There's so much history. And, when, and we don't realize we are living through history. As we're living it, we don't realize because that's how it is we, when, we when be- you're in it. We become numb right. to the mi- miracles. If you pause for a moment, I kept on saying that to, to mayors, to other government agencies, representatives, I say, stop. They're lone soldiers. Just to understand every single word of that sentence is miraculous. They're lone soldiers fighting in our army. Kibbutz Goliath from close to 70, 68, 65, 60, who cares? I mean, over 60 Oh, my countries. kid just thought it was 20, that's all. No, 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 no. I have a look. I have a chart for you. I'll send it to your kids. So they stop giving you a hard time. I'll make sure I bring a FOCA uh, as a prop. Yeah, we, we can visual, hold, we can we hold visual it aid. Up. Are you kidding? Every teenager is there is going to question it. I have, to r- I have it right now. No. Give, me, give me a bet. Are you kidding? The more we have, the better. Are you kidding me? Um, oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, it was very <laughs> inspirational. Uh, Rabbi Fass is here. NBN.org.il is the website. Mega event has been uh, incredible so far today. Uh, if you're in the New York area, you're invited to come down to John Jay College, of course and participate and be part of this uh, greater, uh, all, everything that's happening. We did meet the people that you referred to as the 10th year of a five-year plan. Oh, you did. They're, the Finkelsteins were with us. They described themselves <laughs> as that, which is really cool. I know Barry for a long time. And uh, <laughs> and um, uh, we also had the episode already. I don't know if uh, any of my staff told you where someone came over to us and said, please do not let anybody know I'm here. My parents have no clue that we are. Oh, I'm getting it all the time. Right. I was you, like, you, for you, it's like, you know. <laughs> I'm like, what were you thinking? You're wearing that, that's a, what I said. You're wearing a tag that Thank looks like you. a galaxy tablet People around can, your neck that says you're making Aliyah. Exactly. Well, what are you? <laughs> people can take a picture these days. And get don't tell, don't get, tell anyone. Get it to their parents before they even walk out of the building. 1,500 people looking at you right now. <laughs> But nonetheless, you're not discouraging them from coming. No, they're Even if they're that they're also a very situation. educated group of people. That's, yeah, no, other than that, right? Other than that, they're really logical, that. They're very logical and educated people, to say the least. Anyway, there you have it. Rabbi Fass, I thank you. Thank you. I'm giving a seminar in two minutes, so I have to... On run. what topic? I have no idea. But you, it's, you it's, must know. It's it. a life in Israel armchair conversation, not to steal thunder with the... Uh, I think I'm interviewing Dove Lippmann a little bit about... All right, give me a second. Give me a second to armchair about life in Israel. Uh, not, about, not about Nefesh. Not in general. About, in general, just in general. talking to an Ole who has... Uh, Address the people that are concerned that as American sports fans, they may be lacking in Israel. Nice. You like that one? Thank you. You want to come down with me? I would, actually. Let's switch one. But, but I have no experience. I, I, really I, never, I, never, I never followed the Yankees from Israel. I do that following from here. So. Bye. I'll see you later. <laughs> Pleasure Enjoy. seeing you. Rabbi Fass, of course. Um, there is a young professionals advisor for Nefesh Benefesh. I am told there is a young professionals advisor for Nefesh Benefesh. His name is Ezra Kapitansky. Is that the correct pronunciation? That is true. Good afternoon to you, sir. Good afternoon. Have you met a lot of people that needed young professional advice today? 
<laughs> I have actually. Uh, over four, 400, 500 uh, young professionals here. Uh, is there a specific seminar for people in that category? There is. Um, you know, starting at 1.30, they started um, specific sessions uh, geared towards people who are planning long-term, uh, questions about higher education. Types of subjects that are covered? Well, you just said higher education. What else would be covered in this uh, session? Army, like renting right. with roommates, things that, right. you know, cater towards that uh, Boy, demographic. There's so much to know before you move to Israel. Are you living in Israel? I am not. Where are you these days? I live in Washington Heights. And uh, is, are, is, is it a hub of Aliyah? Is Washington Heights one of the places where people move to Israel on a regular basis? Right? It is. Um, so we actually, ha in conjunction with Yeshiva University, we have an office in YU, um, located in the Center for the Jewish Future. How long has it been there? It's been there for a few months now, about five months. Why am I not informed of a development like that? That, that is unbelievable. That's why I came on your show. On the Yeshiva University campus. Yes. Right next to Rabbi Brander's office. And why you connect. First of all, first of all that's wonderful. That's wonderful. That that is it's yeah. right there at the center of the Jewish future. After all, the Jewish future is in Israel. That, that's incredible, and we must spread this word. We must spread the word that any college student, I would assume, it applies for Stern College as well. Why could they take advantage as well, right? Exactly. Of the so same I, office. Actually, I actually go down to Stern uh, once a week on there Thursdays um, and sit in the Career Center at Stern. Well, um, you better stay in the U.S. You got one of the most important jobs out there, as far as I'm concerned. It's unique. It's unique because I haven't made Aliyah yet. I put my Aliyah on hold. All right. And helping other people through the process. Um, in all seriousness, it's been open five months. I, I'm not looking for an exact number, but I mean, have you seen people on a regular basis? Are people constantly coming in and, and seeking advice about it? Yeah, so it's, it's actually just me. I'm, I'm the only one there. We have our right. office in Paramus. Um, so, so far, I've seen mainly Yeshiva University students right. in this university area. But I'm saying these are college students that would never show up to Nefesh Benefesh meeting. In the right. Place. And so, the, you know, the, the common thing I get is, you know, Nefesh Benefesh for the past 15 years has been... Um, flying people in, advisors in, and right. so you, you set up a time, 30-minute sessions, and you sit down and meet, and meet with them, um, and it happens every few months. Um, so this is the first time there's actually someone on the ground um, able to meet with someone whenever, wherever. You know, I meet, I go to the Yeshiva University cafeteria, um, to the Heights Lounge, to, you know, wherever it is, just to to have meetings. The, the, the non-Olin, they avoid you. They don't, <laughs> they don't want to get the speech, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice. I'm also right next to the Career Center in YU. So people that go into the Career Center, which was me, uh, back when I, I just graduated Yeshiva University as well. Um, thank you. So uh, people who go to the Career Center and say, I want to move to Israel, now they could say, Nefesh, Nefesh. We must time. spread this word. We must spread this yes. word. Yeshiva University now has... Uh, what do we call it? An office? What do we an call office, it? An office, an office. A yeah. Nefesh uh, satellite office. Yeah, so they're hosting us, and uh, I, I am meeting with um, with all the universities and um, alumni um, in the tri-state area. Where are you from originally? I'm from Chicago. I Skokie. knew it. I knew there was no way he's a New Yorker. <laughs> I knew you were an out-of-towner. You're from Skokie, Illinois? I'm from Skokie, Illinois. Imagine yes. that. Your first experience out of Illinois was at YU? Yeah, Torchraga in Israel, and then YU. Oh, yeah. Hey, Yoni Pollock, uh, Wheel of Fortune phenom was in Torchraga. <laughs> I didn't like that. Were you there the same year? Or, uh? We were not. No, we were not. No. He left a legacy there, I can tell you that much. He did. No question about it. All right, Ezra Kapitensky, anybody out there who wants um, to direct somebody to um, the Nefesh Memphis office at Yeshiva University, all they got to do is find you. Correct. Center for the Jewish Future, you're there. Right, and Pleasure they can reach out to me as well. Um, so. A pleasure meeting you. Well. I think you are fulfilling a very important function in this whole Aliyah process, to say the least. More coming up, everybody. You're listening to the Nahum Siegel Network. We're live from the mega event in New York City with Nefesh Benefesh. Sometimes your world comes crashing down. You ask why me? Why not? Why not? Your mind 
Kids and Alchem Signal Network. That comes from Leif Dahar. You're listening to a special presentation from the Nefesh Benefesh Mega Event in New York City. Professor Yonatan Alevi is with us. He serves, has served as the uh, Director General of Shari Tzedek Medical Center since 1988. Has been responsible for charting the hospital's development as it has grown to become one of Israel's largest and most respected medical and research institutions. He is one of the most uh, incredible people uh, in Israel or anywhere. Professor Halevi, welcome to the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you. Good to be here. It was worth coming after this introduction. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, the growth and the incredible reputation of Sharet Tzedek is unbelievable. It is uh, it's just a, what, the way people regard your hospital today. I was there recently for a tour. It seems every time I'm there, there's either a new department or some type of renovation that's happened to enhance uh, a department that's been there for a while. To what do you tr attribute this great success? Well, uh, first and foremost, it's a teamwork. I will start with the tradition. Sharet Sedek opened its gates in 1902, and it was the community hospital of Jerusalem. As opposed to Hadassah that always that opened the gates in uh, 10 years later, 1912, and both hospitals served the city and the community in a different way. They were a huge um, medical center, tertiary care medical center that put emphasis on research. We were always a community hospital with emphasis on patients, on patient care. It doesn't come to say that they don't treat patients and we don't do research, right. but um, that was the emphasis. So I, first of all, I ascribe to our yesodot, to our basis, which was always of uh, humane, individualized care. In recent years, due to the growth of Jerusalem and due to the, I believe, special uh, atmosphere that prevails in the hospital, a supportive atmosphere, a collegial atmosphere. Many, many physicians from all over Israel, from Adassah as well, but from all over Israel, um, decided to come to us. It has to do with management as well, but I think the general atmosphere in the hospital, we were able uh, to attract along my tenure, which is uh, at the beginning of its 30th year. And this also That's has also. to do with the development of the hospital. The fact that I run the hospital with my management team, since uh, 1988, is, uh, radiates a sense of stability uh, and of a uh, future. So we were able really to attract the best physicians in Israel in many, many disciplines in medicine. And altogether, this traditional of human empathic care with special emphasis, we do not recruit physicians who could be surgical virtuosos but do not have the proper personality for us. Understood. So all this explains our development. Professor Yonatan Alevi is with us. The, um, uh, this event is unique uh, as people start their exploration of moving to Israel and being part of the Israeli experience. Um, and one of the elements of this event is inviting doctors, physicians who are practicing in North America, to explore the likelihood of them getting employment and being part of the system in Israel. What would you say, and maybe you've already said it to some people today, to those who are physicians who want to cross over and be part of the experience in Israel? Well, first of all, I should start by saying that for me, as Israeli-born, it's a heartwarming experience to see, to be present during this day, to see the interest that uh, American Jews from all walks of life, not only medicine, uh, show interest in uh, coming to Israel. I know that I am naive, but if I would just imagine that the same process that happened in Russia will happen here, and one million American Jews from all walks of life, from all professions, will come to Israel, we are going to be the greatest country in the world. 
for sure. So first of all, it's a very moving day for me. If we go uh, to medicine, so uh, I interviewed about 15 or 16 physicians uh, this morning. I want to tell you the following. When I did my fellowship at Yale in the mid-80s, I came back and said in Hebrew, the kef liot trofe the kef liot patient Israel. It is wonderful to be a physician in the States. It's wonderful to be a patient in Israel. Uh, because I must tell you that the fee-for-service system, uh, although in terms of research, and I came for a combined uh, research clinical fellowship, I got the best training in the world at Yale. But in terms of patient care, I believe and still believe that we have an advantage. Things changed, both in Israel and in this country. Right. All those who worked on a fee-for-service basis, most of them are hospitalists, salaried physicians today. And uh, in Israel, unfortunately, we moved from a fully public socialized medicine. I know socialized medicine used to be a dirty word in American right. uh, healthcare system. It's not anymore, Look I believe. Look what's happened, yeah. Obamacare. And we moved to a combination, a model combining um, public medicine, uh, which I'm a big host of, and uh, private medicine. So I believe American physicians today, with the change in the situation of physicians here, and with uh, Israel developing uh, ultra-modern medicine uh, to a large extent by people who trained in this country, and we have a lot of fakarata talk for that, can find uh, their place in Israel. Even in terms of the salaries, the salaries in Israel for physicians changed completely in the last 10 years. They are not American salaries, but if you consider that many of the people that I saw today have three or four children to educate them, Jewish education, and then college education, They'll be spending a lot and of money. you subtract this amount because in Israel university and well, it's almost free three thousand dollars a year so even in terms of the financial situation they're not going to do that badly so it's a match made in heaven a well-trained American physician and the Israeli healthcare system is a match made in heaven. Did you meet candidates today who you think would fit in? Did you meet people who you said oh these people this person belongs in sure. the Israeli medical sure. system sure. and is there a department in Israel, is there one specific specialty in Israel where you're, and I'm not just speaking simply about Shari Tzedek, but is there an area of expertise in the medical profession in Israel that is shorthanded, that needs help of now? Of course, of course. What happened, if I have a few minutes, sure. I will expand on that. So what happened in Israel, in 1990, there were 12,000 practicing physicians. In 1995, there were 24,000. Doubling within five years. has to do with the Russian Aliyah. Right. We are now over 20 years later. Most of the Russian physicians who came and were absorbed in the Israeli healthcare system were uh, in middle age at that time. They are retiring now. So Israel, during this time, the years of between 2010 and 2020, is moving from having the highest rate of physicians per population to a less than the OECD level. And uh, this led to it because demand surpasses supply that there are certain professions in medicine, the leading I will say is pathology, anesthesiology, where there is a big shortage in Israel. Wow. A big shortage in Israel, and there are very popular disciplines in medicine in Israel, that there are excess, that uh, supply surpasses demand, Exceeds like that. ophthalmology, like um, um, uh, OBGYN to a certain extent, it all depends 
not very many people wants obstetrics, but there are right. two other subdivisions to OBGYN, you know, the gynecological, um, uh, surgical, oncological department and the fertility. There is a big demand for fertility. Uh, there is a shortage in general surgery. People don't want to work out today. General surgery is a very difficult day and night uh, position. So we could absorb many of the people who apply, especially if they have good training. And as far as I said, it goes if they have the right personality. Uh, the most recent hires you've made at Shari Tzedek, people from outside of Israelis, people from what country? From the U.S., from other areas of the world? or uh, From the U.S. and from the later Aliyah of Russia, from both of them. Understood. Mainly in anesthesiology and pathology. Um, a positive word uh, for those who are listening in, and they want to know if they c themselves can make it in Israel. What would you say in general? First of all, a positive word for Nefesh Benefesh for organizing this day. It's really amazing. Secondly, Israel is the place for every Jew in the world to live in. The future There is the no Jewish doubt people. about that. Future of Israel is guaranteed. I am definitely do not, I'm not identifying with the post-Zionist movement <laughs> that uh, resides mainly in Tel Aviv that uh, show any doubt for the future of Israel. They reside in the media very nicely. We are there, yeah. <laughs> we are there uh, to stay, and I think the future of Israel is very, very bright, and I'm very proud as an Israeli born, 69 years old, to be part of this maybe unprecedented creation called Israel. Tadaraba, look forward to seeing you in Jerusalem. You're most welcome. Wonderful thank to you. see you. Presley Yonatan bye Halevi uh, joining us, and uh, I thank him very much for being part of this very special broadcast. Uh, Michelle Kaplan-Green is here. Michelle Kaplan-Green has one of the uh, most incredible jobs in the Nefesh Benefesh system, and that is to make sure that the north of Israel is not ignored, that people who are considering moving to, uh, to Israel consider all the parts of the northern region. Shalom, shalom. Welcome to the Nahum Siegel Network. Thank you. Shalom, shalom. Uh, give everyone an example of some of the popular places in the north that would be very accepting of North American Olim at this point. Naharia, Carmiel, Haifa, Ma'alot. Uh, the list goes on. And all the these places already have a nice Anglo community, right? They all have more than 100 Olim who have made Aliyah from North America in the last couple of years. Um, the, it used to be, when we did mega, I guess when we did the first mega event eight, nine right. years ago, so many people were concentrating on getting to the center of Israel, you know, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, we've discussed this many, many times. And then at some point, all of a sudden, both the south and the north <laughs> started to open up. What was the big attraction up north? It started to attract what type of person or what type of employment that all of a sudden it started to explode? It's, truthfully, I mean, I'm smiling and I'm laughing because the answer is so broad-based. Right. The, um, There's no specific you know, industry or... You know, we have uh, quite a few physicians who make Aliyah every year. They go straight into hospitals. If they want to be community-based, commu community they work in community medicine. But they're finding jobs, they're finding fulfillment, and they're talking to their friends. They're bringing the next generation of physicians to northern Israel. They're based in all the different hospitals. They enjoy working with the Israelis. The enjoy Israelis enjoy the engagement of North American doctors. It's a win-win. They're moving into communities. They're just paying it forward. And um, so that's one field. Right. We have lots of teachers who make Aliyah. Uh, people are opening small businesses. We have growing business networking forums. Our largest one is based in Carmiel. 
Wow. It's sponsored by, it's the JNF Go North Nefesh Benefesh right. Business Networking Forum. We have people in a wide variety of industries who are actually opening small businesses from selling maple syrup, hair braiding, glass art. I mean, and you hear, just like in the, the when businesses we, when I'm rattling off, they're so broad-based. When we spoke about the new visitor center, which is where, Anaco, I think it is? An is it Naco or is it? What's a new visitor center? There's one. There's up a north. visitor center from JNF that's right, Naco, right. and our business and our business center and our offices, the Go North offices, are in Carmiel. Ah, in Carmiel. So when when we were speaking about those two areas, uh, one of the things that was pointed out is that there are people that really want to be away from the hustle and bustle of the major mm -hmm. cities, and they want something that's a little quieter, something as you described that could be you know more of a private business and not involved necessarily in you know in a in a workplace that has hundreds of people, and that's one of the attractions up north. Right, but similarly. Um, we have an Ole who made Aliyah to Haifa from Riverdale, right. and he's in Amdocs, and he's working Amdocs in Nazareth. And I think I know who you're talking about. I bet you do. Because I think we spoke, <laughs> we, we spoke with them on this show a year ago or two years ago, right before their Aliyah, right? Uh, that's right. But he never <laughs> dreamed of working in a company like Amdocs, and we actually just right. spent Shabbat together. We had our Go North Shabbaton. We had close to 300 Go North Olim who choose to get together once a year and spend a Shabbat together. We call it Shabbat with Club Med. <laughs> the kids are busy through the, you know, through the Shabbat. We have a scholar in residence. And the Olim are getting involved. All of the Divrei Torah, all of the Tfilot, a lot of the programming are run by Olim. It's Olim for Olim. It's really exciting. Uh, Michelle Kaplan-Green, she can uh, emphatically declare that there's plenty up north for people to consider as they're considering Aliyah. It's amazing, so come north. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. She's the uh, NBN director up at uh, Go North and has plenty of opportunity up there for all potential Olim. More coming up on this. Oh, before we, uh, before we break, we have Dorit Friedman with us. She is the uh, NBN, Nefesh Benefesh Vice President of Partnership and Development. And it joins us here on a uh, special Sunday broadcast as we continue from uh, from the mega event. Shalom, shalom. Welcome back to shalom. the Nahum Siegel Network. Shalom. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Partnership and development means? That means that we work in collaboration to build a stronger, more vibrant Israel. It means that today we're seeing close to 2,000 people who have come out today to say, that Israel is important to me, that Zionism is alive and well, and that either I can manifest it in moving to Israel, or I can manifest my love for Israel in supporting those who are moving to Israel. It also means that today we are seeing at our special medical seminar 127 That's physicians, 307 allied medical professionals, meaning that Israel is a land of opportunity right now, that we have the ability to uh, connect someone's love for Israel and with impact in Israel. Uh, and you mentioned a very important point. Those who are uh, obviously considering and eventually making Aliyah, that's one thing. Uh, but having that support system behind them and just people who are you know, involved in the whole Zionist message or whatever you want to call it is extremely important for our community as well. Correct. Correct. Israel is the greatest Jewish project of our times. Hmm. And everybody should take a part in it. You know, to date, we started this organization 15 years ago. This is a very emotional day for me personally to see us taking over John Jay College campus. And so many people walking back and forth, engaged, interested, a diverse number, a diverse group of people coming, a large array of uh, seminars and workshops, really that there's something for everything. This is a country that celebrates 
every single Jew. And there's place for everybody to come. And I think that what we are saying today is that Aliyah is possible. It's vibrant. Certainly, if you're young, you can come to Israel. Israel will give you a free uh, BA or an MA. It's a country of opportunity. And sometimes we just have to connect the dots. You know, it's 69 years young. Um, there is bureaucracy, but that's okay. We have this opportunity and a way of thinking that's sort of out of the box where we look at a situation and we say, well, how can we do it well and how can we make it happen? And this medical seminar that we're running today is revolutionary. Eleven hospital and medical directors, um, the head of licensing from the Ministry of Health, and directors of Kupot Cholin, the HMOs, have all flown out at their own expense to meet with, Israel, with U.S. physicians. Why? Because the country right now is suffering a shortage of doctors. And it's not a joke that the Jewish country is suffering a shortage of Jewish doctors. Right. Um, with 100,000 Russians that retired, and not enough medical schools, we do not have sufficient numbers of doctors to keep up with the growing needs of the population. And we are hearing about robust um, energies um, and uh, resources directed towards growth of the Negev and Galil. We want to grow the Negev by 500,000, the Galilee by 300,000. If you do not provide sustainable medical care, this project will not succeed. And that is what we're doing today. So that is historic. It certainly is. And that's why we continue to uh, hammer this message home. And people out there who are, uh, whether they're ready right now or they think they will be years from now, it's a golden opportunity to today to take advantage and to uh, explore uh, Aliyah. And, and let me just add one more sure. thing. There are many people who are interested in moving here, and we can make that happen. We're here from the moment someone shows interest for long after. But we're also here for those people who say, I can't necessarily move to Israel, but I want to take a hand in this, right. and I want to be able to support it. And Nefesh Benefesh and Jewish National Fund have a partnership, and anybody who loves Israel and wants to take a part of it there's room for everyone. Dorit Friedman leads as Vice President the Partnership and Development here at Nefesh Benefesh. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Continued success. You have a very important task, to say the least, Thank you. <laughs> to continue the sustainability of this amazing organization. Uh, more coming up, our final words, and plenty more as we uh, wrap things up from a very special mega event. With Nefesh Benefesh, you are listening to the Nahum Siegel Network. Close to the end of the day.
Arya Kunstler closes out our uh, broadcast for a uh, Sunday special mega event um, edition of the Nahum Siegel Network. Don't forget, tomorrow we'll be, um, of course, presenting JMNAM in our regular Monday schedule. But 7 p.m. tomorrow night, we will be uh, down in Boca Raton at the BRS Boca Raton Synagogue, the 15th anniversary celebration of Nefesh Benefesh. I'll have the honor of moderating that conversation between Tony Gilbart and Rabbi Josh Fass. And we are looking forward to being a part of it. And I thank you all for tuning in and being part of this experience here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, today, Sunday, February the 26th, starting right now uh, until uh, noontime on the 27th, tomorrow, Monday, B'nai Akiva of the United States and Canada, they've united with fellow chapters, Snifim, throughout the world to raise a goal of $660,000 in Charity Giving Day. The giving back is part of a wider global initiative to collectively raise $2 million in only 24 hours for B'nai Akiva North America and B'nai Akiva International. The campaign is now officially kicked off and will go until 12 noon Eastern time tomorrow on Monday. Programs begin as early as second grade and incorporate day camps, immersive six-week summer experiences in Israel, Midrash Shot, and college-level programs inspired by love for the land of Israel and its people. B'nai Akiva inculcates a sense of responsibility for the future of the Jewish nation. Each donation will be separately matched three ways for local North American and international chapters, totaling a quadrupled impact for an Akiva. For your chance to give back, you visit charity.com slash B-A-N-A, charity, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash B-A-N-A for an Akiva North America for more information. Again, that's charity.com slash B-A-N-A. The campaign is now officially underway. It goes until 12 noon tomorrow, Monday, 12 noon Eastern Time. Right now, Sunday, February the 26th, until 12 noon tomorrow, B'nai Akiva of the United States and Canada have united with fellow chapters Nifim throughout the world to raise a goal of $660,000 in Charity Giving Day. The giving back is part of a wider global initiative to collectively raise $2 million in just 24 hours for B'nai Akiva North America and B'nai Akiva International. The campaign is uh, in full swing and goes until 12 noon Eastern Time on Monday. Programs begin as early as second grade and incorporate day camps, immersive six-week summer experiences in Israel, Midrash showed in college-level programs. Inspired by a love for the land of Israel and its people, B'nai Akiva inculcates a sense of responsibility for the future of the Jewish nation. Each donation will be separately matched three ways for local North American and international chapters, totaling a quadrupled impact for B'nai Akiva. Give back now by uh, going to the web and uh, logging on to charity.com slash B-A-N-A, charity, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y, dot com slash b-a-n-a for b'nai akiva north america for all the information again give back now and be part of this amazing effort that ends at 12 noon eastern time tomorrow charity.com slash b-a-n-a thank you all for listening to the nachum siegel network